go! It's time! Cincinnati, we gon' rise and up! In the jungle, we unite and up! Trippin' on your black and white, all day when we fight, when we die in these fights, uh! Now who gotta move like an Welcome to another episode of Eagles and Brews. I am Altman, and I'm joined by, well, Derek Davis, not even the Wayne Jarrow anymore. Hey, I know he's listen, barely here. I ain't but... wore the mask in a minute, so maybe I'll have to break the bad boy out one day. All who right. knows? And then the uh, part-time host who does five shows a week with me, Greg Luther, <laughs> then the man Porkchop, and then our guest for the night, Evan McPhillips. You guys might see him on Right Report. He worked for PFF. The man knows his shit, people. I appreciate it, Dale. Thank you. So what is up, guys? Doing good. I'm good, man. Took a trip to the liquor store since we talked last time. Got some Jägermeister, some right. beers. Well, that's a good place to start, you know. What are we drinking? Oh, bourbon, baby. I'm drinking, uh, as always, you know, I got my vagina drink out here, according to fucking uh, Jeff. <laughs> my Bud Light hard seltzer. Goes hard. And then you got a little stuff on the side. Little... I got Jägermeister in the freezer, but I'm chilling it out first. Yeah, I, I took a shot at a little, little Jaeger bomb before I came down. So I, I respect that. Derek? Hey, I got bourbon, bourbon, as usual. I know. I know this, but... is my, this is my uh, my specialty blend right here. Ooh. It's just, uh, my in, I call it my infinity bottle. So every the time one you I, pour everything in. Every time I get a little low on one of my bourbons, I just pour it right in there and just keep on going. Tastes All better right. that way, doesn't it? It does. It ta- oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Greg, what you got? I just got my old Bengals Bud Light I bought earlier this season. Still tastes good with my koozie. Oh man, this man that 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 when did you get that? Like September? That's probably hey, skunk ass beer. Look, right? I got a, I got made a custom koozie. It's still cold, <laughs> still good. All right, Evan. Speaking what are you of koozies, speaking of koozies, uh, I'm on the same uh, same train as Greg. There, man. I got the Bud Light. I know it's not your favorite. I, I know you're a Miller man yourself. Yeah, I got my Miller here, <laughs> but but I am special occasions here and there. You know, being Friday. Got a little, uh, little spice lady rum, got little, little spice lady rum, Bly. little Lady Bly. You know, I don't do the Captain Morgan. Lady Bly is a little cheaper. And um, so Marissa, I was like, oh, you didn't get like Diet Cola or whatever. She got, she got a little Diet Dr. Pepper. She was like, I was like, no, Ooh. we've mixed that with Fireball before. It actually tastes really good. Dr. Dr. Pepper and Fireball are good together? Yes. But this is Lady Bly. This is uh, spice rum. And some Dr. Pepper, Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah, that's what we're doing over here. We're getting fucked up tonight. It's Friday. (laughs) a long week. I'm on spring break next week. Fuck it. Let's go. Are you? You guys got a whole week for that? Yeah, we usually don't. It's usually like two days Mm -hmm. uh, for the school. But this week, I seen it on schedule. Like at the end of last year, it was like a whole week. I was like, oh, we doing that? like, okay. (laughs) Anybody okay. else got anything exciting going on for spring break, or has spring break already happened for y'all? 
I took off next week for my kids. They're on spring break too, but we ain't doing shit. So I'm going to go see this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you, hey, Derek, poor chop and Greg care more about me than you, by the way. Yeah, you don't I, give I don't, a shit. I do not want to hear that. I literally drove by your house and went in no, was it November? I can't remember. Drove what, by. He yeah, drove, drove by. I said, hey, I am going to the river. Did I get a text back? No. So. I don't know whose fault that is, but Evan, I'm like two hours from Cincinnati, so (laughs) no one really is ever around here. Mm -hmm. I I can, you know what? I'll pick Derek up on the way. There you go, Derek. Now you're on the fucking spotlight, buddy. (laughs) Next (laughs) Thursday. 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 Where do you think I'm going to be? What uh, in the fucking truck going up to see Dale? (laughs) I'm going to be kidnapped, Evan. Was that right? (laughs) Pretty much by force if it needed. (laughs) <laughs> All right, where you guys want to start this, Bengal talk-wise? Just I'll tell little... you what I want to start with, um, our oh, new signing that we just had. No, because I, I had never heard of this guy before. Can you guys speak Went on to him OU. a little bit? Went to OU. Terrell Basham? Yeah. We'll start with Evan because he's the smartest here. Start with the smartest. <laughs> well, uh, Basham's bounced around the league a little bit. Uh, he's been generally kind of that five to 600 snap guy mainly a pass rusher um, has produced decently well as a pass rusher. Um, not quite the sure tackler that uh, you kind of hope for. He's had over a 17% missed tackle rate and lower than a 30 P uh, I'm sorry, lower than a 40 PFF grade uh, in tackling in three separate years. So hopefully that's something that you can coach up, but you, you definitely expect this to be more of kind of that depth rotational piece, just a swing at a veteran guy that's cheap. That's going to add a little bit more, competition a little bit more depth to that pass rush room which I I think is something you definitely see the Bengals kind of want to do is the defense was really good last year was a top five unit in terms of EPA uh, per play allowed which is great a lot of that came from the coverage and from the run defense and you see their team pass rush grade ranked 17th which is just not where you want to be when you're talking about a defense that's got to compete with guys like Pat Mahomes like Josh Allen in the playoffs who are some of the hardest guys to bring down so Obviously, you have Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader doing doing really well for their spot as pass rushers. But past that, Sam Hubbard, we know he's an excellent run defender, but just lacks the juice as a pass rusher. BJ Hill is a, definitely a solid option, but there's there's more needed there than just the Joseph size of the world. You you got to find ways to cycle out Sam Hubbard while also keeping Trey Hendrickson fresh, which is why I definitely expect them to look to add more in the draft. I don't think this Terrell Basham signing would preclude them from taking a guy early uh, by any means. Yeah. uh, My thoughts on it was like, we brought him in for a visit along with uh, street. Wasn't it? Contavious Mm -hmm. street. Contavious street. Yeah. So they're definitely looking for pass rush. He he signed with new Orleans though. And he would have been more your three tech pass rush guy. And I was like, man, get him. He's 26. I know Basham when we talked about it, Greg was 29. Yeah. And he had zero sacks last year, but I think the two years before he had four sacks each. So he can he can rush the passer a, a little bit, but honestly, at this point, I think he's just competing with Gunner to be like the fifth DN on the roster because you you're top four, the last one to make the cut kind of deal. Yeah. Okay, which that's good. It's good to have that. Mm-hmm. And like Evan said, if you bring in another guy that in the draft, that guy will compete possibly eat both of them out. But yeah. I, I love that that's what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Is filling in depth pieces, doing this and that and the other. 
Now, what about the the one guy who took a year off for us? Um, and his name is escaping me right now, and said he was wanting to come back. Oh, no, last... we we released him. Why? Oh, okay. Did we release about? him? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I but was he wondering has opportunities with anybody. Okay. Okay. Because I was when you were talking back into the depth chart kind of guys, I'm like, well, that's getting a little. Yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath, man. It's going to be a heck of a competition, man. You got a lot of guys back there. You've got Gunther, you've got Carter, you've got Cam Sample coming on. And Mm -hmm. you saw all these younger guys start to take on more of a role in the second half of the season as they were trying to rotate these guys out, compensate for the Hendrickson injury that he was dealing with. So I think you saw them put more on their plate and the guys responded too, which is just speaks to the level of competition that there's going to be. And I would still like to add to that D line, like, Dale was saying, you know, you want more of that three tech guy. You want someone inside. I mean, someone I'd like to add inside that's a veteran that's bounced around the league is like a Matt Ioannidis who, you know, he's nothing special, but he's a really solid guy that you know what you're going to get from and can give you that. There's guys like Justin Houston and Melvin Ingram who, though they're older, were absolute killers last year. Uh, The pass rush productivity for Justin Houston was like top 11 among defensive ends. Melvin Ingram had a great season as a pass rusher and bounced around. He might still be hungry for a ring as he didn't Mm -hmm. stick around in Kansas City long enough to get his, and he went to Miami. So those are guys out there that I think you could – competitive veterans that you can still sign that could really make an impact on this team. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, we talked about this a little earlier, Tom saying – Played under Joe's dad because yeah, he's he from OU's and that he was D coordinator forever. So I don't yeah. think that really, really factored into it. They brought him in. They mm-hmm. it's like sense. a guy being from Nebraska. Zach Taylor didn't say we have to sign this guy, but it's, it doesn't hurt, you know. Yeah, sounds good, right? Right. Yeah. Now I don't know about this Fiji. So Fiji's asking uh, Basham played some three tech. I I don't know. I don't know if you know that either, mm-hmm. Evan. Let me pull I, up. I can get yeah. his detailed position snaps from his last two years real quick. Like size-wise, it's not a guy I would expect to do that, but that doesn't always mean everything because some guys just – Didn't really kick into the interior much, mainly stayed on the ends and that outside linebacker kind of spot. So don't know that he would really be an answer there. Yeah, I agree with that. And then yeah. uh, the contract numbers came in for Irv Smith. We talked about this a little earlier, mm-hmm. but Irv Smith and uh, Sidney Jones. Wow. Love those signings, man. Love, Love them. Signings. Yep. So basically, maximum, you've got $3.08 million. That's if Irv, Irv hits his top line of it and in, in two veteran players to have produced in this league. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And I love both those signings because it's what you don't have to – I still – so I want to get want Cam Fleming at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you guys think of that? As like, I know we have jo- the Jonah's the big question mark. So just right tackle in general, Evan, between Jonah, Cam Fleming, and then the draft. What are your thoughts on right tackle? Maybe where would you lean on that? You're definitely talking about health concerns for Lyle Collins for Jonah Williams, right? We know Ford has played right tackle before, but that feels like a distant dream. He spent the last three years at guard, still couldn't stick around on a team there. I just, I feel like it's a lot to suddenly be like, oh, he's going to switch back to right tackle and it's going to be great. Like, I think that's a lot to ask or a lot to expect. So I would definitely be a fan of adding a guy like Fleming that if Jonah is not healthy or 
I don't think he'll sit out, but you know, if you decide to trade that route and you still want insurance to not pigeonhole yourself in the draft, I think that's a good guy that you can add. And maybe that's someone who gets signed by a team after the draft where once that happens and a team goes, okay, the board didn't quite fall the way we thought it would. We didn't get a tackle that we feel great about. Now we can add these guys like a Fant, like a Fleming that can give you that swing tackle veteran versatility on a cheap one or two year contract. But I, I definitely love, like you said, the way they're kind of not only targeting these guys who are a little bit of risks, but the way they're structuring these contracts, like they did for Lyle Collins, like you said, where they're putting these roster bonuses, they're putting these active bonuses in there. And it's not a lot of money, but it's just ways that you protect yourself from things yep. like the Trey Wayne stuff, where you end up paying a guy to not play for you. And then you, end up cutting them and paying them again, not to play for you. So mm -hmm. um, I, I just do just to do a little um, quick lip service to what I feel like Irv Smith and Sidney Jones bring um, you're, you're talking about a guy who has had a bigger explosive play rate than both Uzoma and Hurst. Hurst was 17.6 Uzoma, 18.2 Irv Smith was 21.4%. So when he's out there, he definitely gives you more as a receiver than yep. you've gotten out of Uzoma, out of Hurst. And we've seen what Burrow has been able to do with them. So you get a guy who's more athletic, can attack the seams and threaten these linebackers a little more and still offer that kind of full, fuller route tree up the sideline. If you're getting him on one of those years where he's not injured, he's, he's going to be impressive. And he can actually give you mm – -hmm as much as a bigger guy can like a Hayden Hurst is a blocker. He's, he's pretty good. Once he gets on the move, he's, a, he's a pretty speed. good blocker. Yeah. He, he's a good mover, yeah. right? He gets a little bit of speed under his belt to help out with the, the undersize, but he he's willing and he's puts in the effort, which is more than you could have said about how you felt about the tight end room just a week or two ago. Right. And then the uh, just real quick on Sidney Jones. I, I love how physical he is. And I think Lou probably does too. He's only 27 and has struggled a little bit with injuries and inconsistency. But as soon as he got out of that Schwartz Philadelphia kind of scheme where we know corners can get left on an Island. And I think that was more of a execute my scheme and you'll be good as opposed to what Lou does where he says, how are you good? And I will help you be the best you can. Um, mm -hmm. Looking at his last year that he played with Seattle, because, you know, he got cut this year, then landed on the Raiders. Obviously it was a, weird situation with the Raiders there to join halfway through. So if we look at his year in Seattle just before, he was only 62nd in snaps with 730. But despite that, 20 and despite other corners playing over a thousand snaps, I think it was like 20, 21 different corners, he ranked 18th in total tackles. So 62nd in snap and 18th in tackles and 32nd in defensive stops. So despite playing two, 300 less snaps than 30 or 40 other corners, he outpaced them as a run stopper. And he ranked 15th out of 77 corners in missed tackle rate. So you're getting a guy who's a willing tackler. He's got good hands. He's got vice grips. And he's going to be playing physical like Lou wants. And I really think that he is a great veteran signing that is going to help them this year, especially at the boundary while they're waiting on a guy like Cheeto to maybe get fully healthy. Well, I just – I know what Lou was able to do with Eli Apple and – Sidney Jones, I think, has just as much upside as Eli did. Mm -hmm. And, like, beyond last year, like you said, which was a weird year because then he was cut uh, on waivers, whatever, picked mm -hmm. up. So he didn't have a great year last year. But other than that, his coverage grades, we went over those. Uh, were his, co his coverage was higher than Apple, like, from year to year, almost mm -hmm. every year mm -hmm. beyond last year. So I'm like, the dude can play. 
and you got them for one million. You got them for basically vet minimum. Yeah, and then as far as uh, yeah. can y'all hear that shit? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's down here, it's down here too. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's obviously concerned when you're injured. The mm-hmm. same thing with Collins last year. Cowboys fans were like, "Good luck," because he's always injured, and that ended up being accurate. But when mm-hmm. he was able to play, he was at least honestly he was a little less than average, in my opinion. But you know, yeah. he was somebody on the line. He was better than a Denigy. He was better than what we had otherwise. Yeah, at right tackle. I think I think Irv has been more injury plagued than injury prone. So I don't necessarily look at his past and think, okay, this is just something that's going to happen every single year. And then um, I forget what year it was, but the year, the the year after Kyle Rudolph had his best season, I think it might've been 2017 or 2018. Mm -hmm. um, Was that the year he was drafted Irv Smith? Well, um, I know that he was the second option his rookie year, and he still had like yeah. 365 yards, yeah, that, yeah, 311 yards, and 30 some catches. And then the next year, he had 30 some catches, and he had like 365 yards and like five touchdowns. Yeah, but and I think that was the year that they had cut Rudolph was the second year because he was right. option two the first year. Yeah, it was also going oh, God. going. I was just going to say going into the second year, I remember. You know, looking at him as a fantasy option, thinking that he would likely take over Kyle Rudolph's role, mm-hmm. and then just, was, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I I could definitely see him doing, you know, kind of what Kyle did for Minnesota in those those uh, in that three year span. I think the one year Kyle had like like eight hundred yards. Do I see something like that happening? No, just because he's not. You know, that year Kyle, I think, was the one of the only options. And, and in this offense, and in this right. offense right mm-hmm. now, he is still the fourth or fifth option. Yeah, but could he get five, 600 yards? Sure, absolutely. The same thing Uzama and Hurst mm-hmm. did. I could easily see him him doing that. Um, I think it's also yeah. worth mentioning that he is still just 24 years old. Yep, you know, yeah. Tight mm-hmm. ends usually take two to three years to kind of blossom a little bit like offensive linemen as they get their play strength up, they develop better blocking technique, have better understanding of what you're asked and and responsibilities to do as a full-time tight end. Um, I I definitely think you're getting a very high upside, low risk player here for cheap. And obviously the, the, the deal is structured as such to protect themselves. They're getting the deal they got because of the injuries. So Try not to count it twice against him. Obviously, you're not counting on him to necessarily just be the starter and hold it down every single snap. There's a reason that they're looking hard at tight ends. I definitely think they're going to add to that room. This is a one-year contract, and if this year works out, that's wonderful. But you also still are going to plan for the future. So I definitely expect to see them add to that room in the first three or four rounds of the draft. It's a one-year contract. Joe Burrow's going to make him look fucking fantastic, and he's going to sign for three years, twenty-seven million dollars somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the routine, right? It's that's Joe. what Joe Burrow does. He makes tight ends. Yeah, Evan. So my question to you is about tight end. I talked about this with Dale a lot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if Michael Mayer's there, I'm on team Michael Mayer one hundred percent. I have no problem waiting to the second, third round, but I'm just saying it, it just takes that one time where like three or four tight ends could easily go off the board in the second round. I mean. Tucker Craft, I've become a huge fan of, in my personal opinion. He's the second best tight end behind Michael Marin. A lot of people will definitely debate me over that. 
which I understand, but I'm just a big Tucker Craft fan. I'm almost nervous he may not even be there in the second round. Would you agree with that? I would be shocked if Kincaid, Mayer, like Luke Musgrave, Laporta, and Kraft were all off the board by the time the second round pick came around. Um, that's just there's a lot of really good defensive line talent, cornerback talent in this draft. More premium positions uh, that teams might value more that are teams that are trying to get cheaper at these premium positions. I think that's going to be something you see from a lot of these teams early. Um, I I definitely think that that second round, because the tail end of the second round is almost the third round, right? So you got to kind of keep that in mind. And I agree with you. I I love craft because it's a little scary sometimes these small school guys, but you also need to look what they did to their competition. And he absolutely demolished the competition. And he was not only one of the best yards per route run efficiency tight ends. I think he was top 10 among all FBS and FCS tight ends in that metric. And um, as well as he was averaging over seven yards after the catch per, per reception, which is just, he was almost impossible to bring down. So a guy who can take those check downs and be a threat with the ball in his hands after the catch, not just be a body catcher like Hayden Hurst was and just kind of get what's there, fight hard for an extra yard or two. He can really be a legitimate threat. So I like him. I think he has good enough athleticism to be a a little bit of a threat up the middle, and he's still working on that too. Um, I I really like him. But, you know, if for God forbid that that run did happen, I would not – be I would not be upset with getting a guy like Kuntz in the fourth or fifth round whenever you might be able to get him and kind of take a chance on that athletic frame again this is a position you're planning on developing anyway long term right so taking a more athletic project at that letting Irv maybe be the primary guy mixing in Kuntz a little bit I I think you could have some interesting 12 personnel looks at that Um, so I'd definitely be interested in how they attack that but I definitely think I'm with you where after that initial Musgrave, Laporta, Kraft, it's pretty much Koontz and a bunch of guys who do one or two things well, but there's definitely question marks all over. So I understand definitely your your desire to hit tight end early, and I would not hesitate if the run happens, like you said, and you're staring there, Tucker Kraft is the last tight end you feel good about in the second round. I, I, I think that'd be just fine. We actually, at the Right Way Sports Network on the uh, State of the Jungle show, we had a live draft on Wednesday, and we ended up getting Kalijah Cansey to fall to us, which, you know, I'll do my my witch magic and whatever mm-hmm. else I got to do to make that happen in real life. But we looped around in the second round, and we got Kraft because we felt comfortable about taking that tight end there. Dale, did you have something to say there? Or? Oh, I just got back. I was going to oh, okay. I was just going to say, um, do you have any Tier 1 tight ends? Or are they all just basically tier two, tier three? Would you consider Michael Mayer a tier one guy or? Yeah, I would. And I definitely kind of, I don't want to be disrespectful to him because obviously he was the focal point of the Notre Dame offense and everyone knew they were trying to go to him. And in spite of that, he still got over two yards route per run, which is crazy efficiency Mm -hmm. for a tight end. Um, he doesn't have a lot of shake after the catch, but he still finds ways to just get creative with his angles, with his leans and maximize what he can get. And he does everything well. And that's the thing is like, there's value in a guy who is already good at every aspect of the game. And even though he may not have the ceiling that some of these other more athletic guys do, um, I still think he's a very quality tight end. 
at, at 28, depending on what's there, I mean, if you've got a Darnell Wright staring you in the face, yeah. I would have a hard time picking picking him after that. And that's not to say anything about Michael Mayer. That's just to say some of these guys are more higher upside guys. That you but positional to. value too. Right, because play. when we look at the distribution of kind of hit rate, which is something that PFF looked really hard at in the last couple of years, the positions you can find in rounds three, four, five are running back, linebacker, defensive line on the interior. Yeah. And the guys who are generally successes at quarterback, cornerback, def- or, uh, defensive end and tackle come from the first or second round because that's yeah. where all the traits guys are drafted. Right. And you have to have a baseline athleticism to play that that position, which is why, you know, there's so few tackles. There's just so few guys that have the size, the arm length, and the athleticism to play that position in an effective way in the NFL. So it's definitely uh, – it needs to be considered. Obviously, if you're just stacking a big board uh, devoid of positional value, I completely understand having Mayer as a top 15, top 20 prospect and saying, hey, he's, he's clean. What's your concern, you know, that he yeah. might – have the highest end athleticism. Well, it didn't really hurt him. He can still find ways to get open and he can still do things after the catch. So best contest contested catcher also like, but, I, or... but I'm not banging the drum for him either because of the positional value thing. It's a real mm-hmm. thing. And if you can get an offensive tackle, if you can get a corner, if you can get a pass rusher, if you can get those other positions, you right. take them, but it depends who's there. Those are positions that the Bengals need and need to get cheaper at too, right? Because if you're going to pay Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Logan yes. Wilson, and Jermaine Pratt, and that's kind of going to be your core going forward, then you're definitely going to need to get cheaper at those premium positions that we talked about. Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, all rapidly approaching 30, right? I think they're all like about 28 or going to yeah. be. 28. Yeah, we'll get to this DJ Reader conversation. We've been having it for a couple of mm-hmm. days, haven't we, Greg? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And Dale, my brings is like, Dale, I don't want to talk about this. It's like, well, but I don't talk about during, I don't talk about <laughs> uh, potential cuts during season, but off season, and, even and, a year from and, now, that's when I'll talk about it. But I will not talk about it during the season. Same thing with draft. I won't talk about draft during the season, even though I have a whole draft board ready. Right. No, Evan, he 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 was putting me through the electric chair. I was like, I thought I was in the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, but here's one taking Gibbs round one, Laporta two in this mock draft. Now that's interesting because if if Bijan was there, I do think he's that much of a talent that I would take him at twenty eight. Gibbs, I I don't think I could take him at twenty eight. I'm an Alabama fan, all right, and I still wouldn't take Gibbs at twenty eight. I again, we just talked about positional value and how strong the tight end class. Well, the running back is worth even less. I'm sorry, yeah. like they're just mm-hmm. more. That's not to say running backs aren't worth anything. It's just to say there's a lot of really talented athletes that can run well in a line. Like I, that's just that it's an unfortunate fact, right? There's a lot of really gifted athletes out there and there's so many guys that you can get. We talked about tight end, maybe around second round, third round, you start to feel uncomfortable. There's guys in the fourth and fifth. Oh, I love this. I love this running back class. Oh my God. Oh yeah. If Bijan, I want to go back to Bijan. If he was there at 28, he would be hard to pass for me personally because I would just run the wheels off of him for five years. I can understand that mindset. I I love that he obviously had the PFF record for broken tackles, which, again, if you're a running back, how do you add value outside of the play call, the blocking that you get? We saw Phillip Lindsay got over 1,000 yards as an undrafted free agent. Why? Because he averaged four and a half yards before contact. So, obviously, there's there's a lot of different – 
different reasons that running backs are successful. And it's just, it's tough when you have a guy, and I don't want to bring this back to Mixon, but if you're talking about yards after contact, he was bottom 25% among 32 starters. If you're talking about missed tackles forced, he is, he is like literally 31 next to Zeke for 32. Like it's just, it's, he's great at getting what's blocked, but he's just always that one one little step away from breaking it, from breaking a tackle, from breaking a run. Mm -hmm. And you just see that efficiency start to dip. And we've seen this with even more successful, productive, talented backs like a, uh, a Todd Gurley, like a David Johnson, guys who had more shake, more athleticism that just deteriorated very quickly as soon as yeah. you get that 28 mm -hmm. range. And that's right what Mixon's on the cusp of. So taking a guy who can help even just ease the load for a little bit and keep him fresh, like a Ty J Spears, Dude was fourth in elusive rating in all of college football, second in yards after contact. Good blocker, good receiver on dude. gap runs. Ninety-three <laughs> grade on gap runs, elite grade, which is what the Bengals are doing now. And that's just you talk about You're a guy like that who gives you the yards after contact, who breaks tackles, who is successful and proven in that in the Bengals scheme right now. I I look at guys like that that I can find later, and I just say, you know. Give me a Ty J Spears in the in the fourth, or a Dwayne McBride in the fifth, or a uh, Chase Izzy, Brown. Is he? Yeah, in the fourth or fifth. Yeah. I mean, you're, is, you're you're speaking down. I love language right Rose now. Sean, <laughs> no, no, it, it's a sweet spot for running backs to me. Is mm -hmm. third and fifth. I just I would have a hard. I don't think Bijan gets to twenty eight. I've been mocking him to Philly at ten. Heck, I don't think he gets past Jerry. Man, we know how Jerry loves his <laughs> running backs. He doesn't oh, have yeah. there anymore. I mean. He's they probably crying on it. They, right they, they put him on the franchise tag. Do they want to yeah. have him, or do they say, "Hey, we'll ride him this year, and then we'll ride Bijan for the next four years after that"? Like, you but know, that I, makes me want. It makes me want to go back to Kansas because I don't think he gets past Dallas either. You know, if it's not a Bijan, Bijan's gone. Mm -hmm. I think Dallas would take a Kansas. Like, I think there's a lot of teams because I feel like Bengal Collective. Bengal Twitter, Bengal everything is going to be really upset when Kansas gets drafted before 28. Because <laughs> I think everybody would be okay with that, if not ecstatic. Yeah. I would be ecstatic. He's going to, you know what's going to happen, Dale? Who's the one player that you wanted last year? Well, <laughs> but that's, that's, that was different to me. Karloftis, that's different to me. That's different. I don't, I don't think the Bill, like, I don't, I don't think the Bills would do that this year. Like the Chiefs last year with Karloftis. Uh, Evan, my yep. question, my question to you is: Say if they go offensive line, whether mm -hmm. it's Donnell Wright or Dewan Jones at twenty-eight, could you see the Bengals trying to trade Jonah Williams at all? Like maybe get a, I don't know about a second-round pick, but a third or a fourth-round pick if they go offensive right. line first round. Absolutely, and I I almost hope that they go. The ideal, I think way the draft plays out is somehow Darnell Wright falls into their lap in round one. You're not reaching on a need, but you fill an immediate need that you have. And ten year ten year right tackle in play. Right. And then you're talking about every time I'm sure you guys do mock drafts, you're looking at the people available in the third and fourth round and you're just like, I want more picks. Yeah. I want more picks. Like we talked about the Bengals are trying right to back. get younger, more athletic. They're trying to get cheaper, right? And the mm -hmm. best way to do that is through the draft. So if you can trade Jonah in the draft after knowing that 
you know, maybe it's maybe it's something a little bit less exciting than than a Darnell Wright. Even if you add a guy in the second or the third round, maybe I, maybe like a Matthew Bergeron in the third or the maybe the second, depending on how people view him. Um, it just maybe you get a guy like a, a Cody Mock or a Blake Freeland in the third that you feel good about. Um, I, just, I don't know. I'd feel good about like which Cody. You don't feel good about that. That right. That's the thing yeah. is outside of that. I don't even feel great about Dewan Jones, really. I, I just no, well, the concerns are real. That's why I, right. like, I've been very high on him this whole process. And like I said, I don't have any inside sources, but there's mm-hmm. people that will just message me, and I don't know if they have sources or not. I don't know, but they say, "Hey, I heard from a guy mm-hmm. that you know he's weighing over 400." You know this. If you've already got weight concerns, and you've got a guy who also didn't test at Ohio State's pro day, very curious. That's all red flags that. If you're going to take these guys from these premium positions, you cannot have a Cedric Abwehi. It hurts you. It sets your franchise back for years. It can. So you're going to take these guys. That's why I struggle with a guy like Emmanuel Forbes. I've seen him all over the place. I've seen him a top mm-hmm. 15 guy. I've seen him. Ben Solak didn't even have him in his top 40 that he released today. And it's just it's one of those guys where it's a tough philosophical debate because you're like, he checks every box production, a giant red flag being in the zero with percentile for size. And it's just like, do you want to be the person who takes a shot on an outlier instead of going for the, and that's the thing though, if I take you to the gambling table and I say, Hey, if you got an 80% chance on black and you got a 20% chance on red, are you going to go, man, I just really feel red. Like I just, I like red. I really like (laughs) color. No, like taking the objective, we're going to go, I want to win. I want to hit on this, right? Yeah, we want yeah. to get good players. So it's it's hard to not say, oh, I've got my guy and I'm just going to take him in spite of everything. But the other side of that coin, if you don't hit, is Drew Sample. When you say, hey, this is a guy we love. Maybe the league values him in the third or the fourth round, but we know he's going to be good. We know this guy is good and getting in that certainty territory is dangerous. So that's kind of what I have with Dewan Jones with Emmanuel Forbes, where it makes me hesitant in the first round. I just want to tell Crip, patience is a virtue, my brother. <laughs> so like we we do a lot of mock drafts around here on this show. We could get to one, but you know, <laughs> we got a lot of things to talk about before we get there. This is setting up for one. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask Evan, how much weight do you think Forbes needs to put on to not be in that percentile, to be considered? <sighs> so well, he's like 166. I think he came to his pro day at 170, so probably, you know, had the the dozen Krispy Kremes in the parking lot with yeah. the water and was, you know, mm-hmm. slugging. But um, if you're telling me, you know, he can put on 10 pounds of muscle in the next two years – Maybe it's something you feel better about. Obviously, his size didn't stand out as much on tape in, in, in college, but you're talking about receivers who all of them are six foot plus. All of these guys, you're going to have to go up if you're going to play on the outside, especially mm-hmm. if he's not going to be that slot safety hybrid kind of guy. Yeah. And you want to try and get that value and those ball skills in space. Then you're talking about he's going to be going up against guys who are six foot two, six foot three, and that's going to be a different level of physicality than I know he saw that a little bit in the SEC, but obviously there's a difference between doing it at the NFL level where all the guys are the best guys from college, right? That's just kind of what concerns me, but obviously his ball skills, he doesn't play small. He's a fierce tackler. He will like, he will shoot at people. Um, It's just, you know, again, it's, do you want to take that chance in the first round middle of the second? I feel a lot better about it, but I just, 
first round picks, you want to be able to say he tested well, he's not injured, his tape is good. I feel good about it. If you got every single box, right? You at least want to feel like you have the best chance to hit on that pick. I think I think it was Duke that that it even said that. You know, in the first round, they want a guy that checks every single box that they have. Then Mm -hmm. in the second round, he has four of the five things that they that they look for, and then the third round, and so on and so forth. He he said that I forget what podcast he was on talking about that, but. It might have been HTPG, but I don't remember. Either way, the point stands and makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like you're yeah. drafting in the first round, you want a guy that, and that's the, like I think right tackle wise, Darnell Wright fits that. I think mm-hmm. uh, tight end Michael Mayer fits that. Yeah. I think if I think you that's kind of your two or three right there is Mayer Joe. Uh, I'm sorry, not Jones, <laughs> right? Or like if. So, what about Deontay tell- Banks if we're going corner? Because to me, I think Banks. Do you, okay, you brought this up on I, Jeff's show, right? Right. I like that. And I and I went back and I looked harder at him, and then he did the combine and he blew it out of the water, mm-hmm. right? And he went from me being like, maybe he's like that early second round pick, like the Cam Smith spot right now, to the back end of the first, early second, to I don't know if he makes it past like 20, 22. Like, Tell me I don't the think Ravens he gets past the Vikings the... is where I've mm. like. Paid. Oh yeah, that's a good match with that yeah. Match, you got their yeah. man scheme out. Yeah, no, I, I love that too with what they're shifting to. That's a good pick. Uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. You you know you know I love my corners, so I definitely think that corner is definitely a position you want to hit like early if you can't get it in the first. You want to try and hit it in the second to get those traits guys we talked about at a premium position, but. This draft, there are some guys in like the third and fourth round that you can feel, I think, good about having a chance to develop into a potential starter in a year or two, whether that's a Garrett Williams, where the Bengals say, hey, we've got Sidney Jones, we've got uh, Chidobe, we've got Juice. Let's just give him a year to recover and just get up to speed, and then we can really play him. And, you know, maybe that's a guy who would have been a second rounder. I, I knew, I knew I, when I had him, when I went on Jeff's show with Evan, I was like, I love this man. And this <laughs> is why, because he, he, you know what you're talking about. I, maybe I don't. I'm just a drunk, like a piece of shit. But, on a shitty podcast. But the corners on a shitty podcast. <laughs> but the corners, man, it's deep. Like Julius Prince. Dude, that's my other guy. I love Julius. Fantastic arms. He's stretching. He can turn from Michigan with this 4-3 speed. And like it is a deep class of corners. And that's why I'm like, I could easily I don't want us to take one in round one. And it's not because mm-hmm. I don't think we should add one to the room. I right. think you can get a really good guy in the second or third round, even picking at the end of the round like we are. Man, DJ mm-hmm. Turner is like projected to go in the third round, and I'm just like, why? The guy, yeah, runs it doesn't make sense, guy, honestly. Dude, if Brents is there at the pick, circling around in the, I'm saying, dude, go get Lewis, six three, two hundred guy, who absolutely has crazy vertical and broad. He was 99th percentile in wingspan. So has absolute vines, 99th percentile in broad jump and 96 in vertical, which lends itself to prove that he has explosion despite being a bigger corner. And you're talking about, okay, this guy's a bigger corner. How are his movement skills? He had a 6.63 second three cone, which ranks 93rd percentile despite being 6'3", 200. So you're talking about a guy 
is big and can move and sure on some of the quick breaking routes, like maybe comebacks with some of the more sudden receivers, he's not quite there, but you're talking about a guy who can disrupt the timing of a play and the passing concepts and really just get your hands into somebody and latch on and use that crazy size to direct and traffic. I, I mm-hmm. think he's a great guy that you could have there. And then there's a guy like Riley Moss that comes down later. You've got. Uh, I was also going to say, hold on, let me throw in one. Yeah, two, go ahead. So you can say Riley Moss and I'll say Darius Rush. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Darius Rush, another third round, fourth round potential target. Yeah. I mean, Graham Bennett from Maryland that ran great. That's Deontay Banks' teammate. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, I like the corner class. Like, our needs honestly mostly line up. They do, man. That's the great thing. <laughs> Running back, tight end, corner. Like, these are guys that you can get for the future. And I will continue to just pound the table for getting more corners because, again, the only guys under contract after this season. Mike Hilton, who will be 30, and Cam Taylor Britt. So if you are keeping Mike Hilton, which we saw how Kansas City picked on him in the championship, he's getting yeah. another year older at a position that it's hard to be physically high-end at, and he does a lot of the dirty work down there in the middle. Maybe we see a little bit of drop-off, and if that happens and you suddenly have Cam Taylor Britt and Jalen Davis as your only corners on the on the roster – I just can't see a world where they walk around without a corner in the first five rounds of this draft. Yeah, for Evan, sure. Evan, I don't want it to be a first round need. Go, oh, go ahead, guys. Sorry. Me, me and Evan was so in love. We, just, <laughs> we started talking corners, man. After the draft process, uh, your one co-host was not too happy with the fact that you guys passed on this guy, Hey, <laughs> Valentine, and all yeah. that. And so tell me about this guy. But now, my he went to the Browns. Yeah, I know. <laughs> One buddy of ours, Cincy James, who's a diehard UK Wildcats fan, mm-hmm. I'm sure it would would just love to have him. Obviously, but tell me about this guy Valentine. He's just climbing up the draft charts. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, Carrington Valentine is who you're talking about. He's a Cincinnati product. Um, John Sheeran actually just had a nice article for A to Z Sports. Shout out to him for joining us the other night. Please go support his work. Um, he pointed out that. You got a guy who's tested like a great athlete here, uh, 9.2 out of 10 on the relative athletic score. His solo tackle market share, which is basically how many tackles he got of the available tackles in the defense, is up in the 95th percentile. So you get a guy who is that high motor tackler who offers you a lot in the run game. And then you look at his production in the passing game, too, and his ball skills. He had a pass deflection market share just below the 84th percentile. So you've got a guy who tested as a really good athlete, who's played the ball well, who's played the run well. And I think you're starting to see – People had him, I think, in like the fifth and sixth early to start this process. It'd be interesting to see. Shout out to uh, Benjamin Robinson, who does grinding the mocks and kind of plots over the gradual time of draft season, kind of plots how people have changed in both analyst and fan mocks. And I would be interested to see how that looks, because I bet you'd see in the fifth and sixth round to start and you'd see that start trending up because there's a lot of people talking about him. I know he's got a lot of visits going around right now. I think he could be someone that you see start to rise into that maybe fourth tail end of third round conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but your co-host belief was not too happy. When I, well, when- see, that's the thing is he asked myself and John and Logan, and we all said, we like him, but we think we can wait around. And sure enough, two picks later, he goes, I was like, <laughs> well, and we argued a little bit talking about, you know, that was an example, I thought, in a good teaching moment like we talked about earlier where it's easy to say we know this guy's going to be good. I'm willing to bet on him right now. But you also have to keep in mind part of the reason that you get so much smokescreen, right? You wonder, 
why does it matter so much? You know, why do they keep trying to do smokescreen stuff? And it's like, well, because they don't want you to know those needs because they don't want you to know how they value each player. Because then let's say the Bengals did really love Drew Sample, but knew and were paying attention and said, hey, we know the rest of the league doesn't value him until the fourth round. We can wait until the third and yeah. get him there. It's, it's part of playing the game because obviously you don't want to focus solely on value and say, hey, let's pick quarterback every pick because it's so valuable, you know, but there, there does need to be that balance. And I think that's a good like kind of exercise. And sometimes you miss out on your guy. Sometimes he goes 10, 15, 20 picks after you because it only takes one team. But I think yeah. you do have to be willing to miss out on some guys because we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Seattle had the out of the park draft class back in 2012. The Saints had theirs in 2017. What have they done after that? It's it's when we look at it, drafting is such a crapshoot. It really is almost a 50-50 perspective. And some years you hit and some years you don't. And it's really the the funny thing is when uh, Arif Hassan of uh, The Athletic puts together his collective consensus big board, you actually get something that is as predictive, if not better than yeah. a lot of scouting departments. And that makes sense because you think if you get more opinions, you're getting less group think, you're getting less guys who they're saying, these are our guys and paying attention to all that. So you're filtering out that maybe yeah. personal valuation where you fall in love with a guy, right? So the more opinions you get in, just like with a sample on a PFF grade, a guy who plays 3000 snaps is going to have a better sample or a more accurate picture of what he is versus a guy who played 200 snaps, right? So it's just getting more opinions in there and trying to get a better baseline. So that's always something to consider when it's easy to say, I love this guy. I know he's going to be good. Sometimes even I have to swallow my pride and say, Hey, like, (laughs) I think he's going to be good. Right. I really think, and here's the reasons why. Right. So that's uh, that's just something that I kind of, I think about when we talk about positional value. Now, speaking of, of UK and I just looked it up last year's was on the 19th of April. So it's coming up here soon, hopefully. But does anybody know when the local pro day is going to be? Has have they announced a date for that? Or I have not heard anything on that. Have you guys? No. Yeah, I I hadn't seen it yet either. But that that was what was making me think of that. And I, while I was looking that up, I did see that the Bengals were in fact at UK's uh, pro day, and obviously they weren't there to watch Will Levis. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. How about those Will Levis uh, gym lighting shots that he had the other day? <laughs> Man, that, that, that looks. I thought that was a WWE wrestler or something. Like <laughs> thought you had to check and see if they use like Pick GPT or one of those AI things out there to try and dress it up a little bit. Right. Oh man. Yeah. Well, let's was, talk about uh, let's talk about defensive tackle a little bit. Um, yeah. And like Kalijah Canty, like where you think he would go potentially. And then, right. um, you know, when we were talking about the, you know, does the player check every box for the Bengals? Is that one reason why you could see the, the Bengals potentially not looking at him because of his size or. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, his arms are a little bit shorter and you know, he is going to be a little bit shorter, but on the interior, that leverage can kind of lend itself to, stronger plays you got that natural leverage you don't have to worry so much about pad level and Mm -hmm. yeah he might struggle a little bit against those guys with length but generally you're going to line up against those guards on the interior that have those shorter arms anyways and with how sudden he is Mm -hmm. it might be tough for a lot of guys on the interior to really use that length to their advantage he might be in your chest 
before you're ready to get your arms all the way extended and where you need to be. So if he falls that far, I I remember Chris Trapezo put out a mock just before the combine, and he must have been hearing things because he had Kalaja Kansi all the way up at five to Seattle. So I don't think he goes that high. I think he's much more <laughs> apt to go somewhere in the yeah. teens. But he's a guy like Nolan Smith where I've seen him go – as high as 10 and 13 and drop all the way to 28. I have no clue where these guys are going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, these kind of tweeners and hybrids we talked about, the NFL kind of has different values of obviously what fits into their scheme and what they can utilize. Um, if you're if you're running the 4-3, you're probably not going to be looking hard at Nolan Smith in the first round. You might let someone else take that swing. But, again, it only takes one person like the Eagles to say, hey, at least I see a lot of Hassan Reddick at Nolan Smith. Let's go ahead and just – take that right now and go ahead and just run with it. So um, yeah. I definitely think if he was going to fall to the Bengals, I think you just take that position yeah. need meets valuable pass rusher meets a guy you didn't expect to be there. And I think a lot of that all meshes together there. Well, too, if there's not a Darnell right there, I think he's my second favorite as a pick for the Bengals there. But that no. goes back for me, goes back to, I think he goes. I think somebody's going to take him before us, unfortunately. I think we'd all be happy if we got him. Mm-hmm. Is there any other D tackles for you, Evan? That's like what I was about Rizzi to ask. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. After that, it's honestly like Mozzie Smith. And I like Mozzie, but I don't think I'd take him at 28. Right. So, feelings on that? Yeah, this is definitely one of those positions that you either kind of get one of those first couple round guys or mm-hmm. you kind of wait until maybe rounds five or six and take one of those really athletic kind of upside project guys because there's a lot of like really athletic defensive tackles in this draft. So you can take a shot on a guy who maybe didn't have the production but has the athleticism. And the I'd take a Carl Brooks in the third round. Carl Brooks is a guy who can kick inside and play there and yeah. play at the three-tech spot. You've got a guy like a Javon Dexter who I've heard that the Bengals are interested oh, in. No, I, no. I know. It's, it's I know. controversial for me. I, me and draft guy Jared was – he's really high on him, and I'm like, I'm not for the reasons of the production doesn't match what he should be. Right, mm-hmm. and how much of that was Florida's defense was terrible and how much of that was interest in playing? Because we saw guys like at LSU check out, right, when things are not going well, which is unfortunate. But that scares me when you're 6'6", 310, and you're a Well, that's why we're talking about him in the fourth round, right, is you're 6'6", 310 <clears throat> with burst and get off. Okay, these guys are talking about him in the second. Oh, God, no, God, no. The earliest I think about yeah. him is the third. Is no, I, but yeah. if you were to take a guy third. like uh, Tyga – like a guy late, like a Jalen Redmond who tested like a great athlete, but yes. doesn't necessarily have that production. That's a guy you can get later. If you're talking about a guy in the middle rounds, like a maybe Keandre Coburn from Texas, I, I could get on board with that or mm-hmm. Mojo Ajomo, or Moro Ajomo as well. Um, I'd be interested in them in like the, uh, the two, maybe the middle rounds, like three or four. I think those could be some interesting spots to kind of target those guys. Sarah, that's called being monetized. You yeah, we got to get that money, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's your own life, Derek. Got to pay for all the beer and whiskey you guys are drinking on the show, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She better get We're on at- Amazon, start ordering some shit up. Yeah. I mean, Dale's going five five days a week, so you know we're in the hole on our beer and liquor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm way in the hole on that. I'm never going to catch up on that. But should I bill you, Derek? Who should I bill for that? Oh, man. Uh, Originally, this was your channel when you were just the Orange Arrow. You're, oh, so we're going with that now. Orange Arrow <laughs> fantasy, and look what, look what, look what we've built. 
Yep. I'll tell you what. Keep an inventory, and then we'll we'll look at it at the end of the year. How about that? You owe me a lot of hand jobs. <laughs> That's gonna, yeah. <laughs> you're you're oh, gonna man. get fucking carpal tunnel with those hand jobs. Yeah. But Already I, there. I have a serious question though. Yeah. You, with Jonah Williams, obviously. <laughs> When do you think he gets straight? Do you think do you think he gets straight before the draft? Like, do you hope he's a right tackle, or do you hope they get a right tackle in the draft? Can I say first when I think he gets traded? Yeah, I think he gets traded if we get uh, right a right tackle. That's that's exactly where I was going to go. Is if you get a guy you feel confident in, right? If you get one of those third round options, like a Blake Freeland or like a excuse me, or if you're talking about like a guy like Burgeons that you maybe don't feel as confident about um, off the, off the jump, you don't want to throw him out there right away. Then yeah, I can completely understand that. I really think if they get Darnell in the first, they might have calls on day two for a third or fourth round pick. And I think if they get a third round pick, I think maybe they take that at that point with a bird in the hand, supposedly, right. As opposed to just kind of rolling out does, Lyle Collins or Jonah Williams or Cody Ford all work out at this spot. We don't want to do a chemogenity again. Um, mm-hmm. But I move up to secure right. I um, would want to say my thoughts on that are it depends on how you're doing it. Like our thoughts you can are going to be different than the Bengals' thoughts. Yeah. They don't if move you can, up. if you I mean, can throw a player, round. That, if you can throw a player in to potentially move up five or six spots, like if it's okay, a guy, right. you know. Something like that, where you're not giving up those – because we've only got seven picks right now. That's the thing is I don't want to give up assets in a draft where you really want to take a lot of these swings on the third, fourth round where there will be very athletic defensive linemen. There will be corners who can legitimately start for you next year. Um, These are positions, like you said, that if you're going to be paying both Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, you're going to have a hard time paying starting corners 10 12 million dollars to come and play for you and if you yeah. want a really good one it's going to cost you a lot more than that so um Lou Anarumo unfortunately is not going to be there forever you can't rely on him to just make make turn these guys into gold every single <laughs> off the scrap heap um it's working right now but you definitely want to get some guys in there um I I would be hesitant to do any type of trade up unless they had something they knew they had in the hand for Jonah where they said hey we're about to give up a third round pick, but we're about to move up in the third round anyways and get a higher pick because we're about to move Jonah. So yeah. over that, like, you know, if we can move up two or three spots for a third round pick, maybe. Um, I don't know. It depends on who's on the board. If you've got a lot of the tight ends that you – or not the tight ends, just general prospects that you really liked go off the board early and you feel like, man, like he's the last one we really like have a first round grade on until – pick 40 right then maybe they consider that but i really think giving up assets making a trade the Bengals are not very active in terms of seeking out trades you have to call the Bengals, and you have to have a good first offer shit you gotta do that in free agency too evan yeah <laughs> like, we're yeah. all very happy they got orlando brown but that that mm-hmm. is still a slight concern for me i was like it's like man they had to call the Bengals for them to even <laughs> Me, me and the Iceman have said we would, for free, be their, like, caller. We'll call. <laughs> we'll make calls for you. We'll call call free. Call 1-800-ALT-MAN. Yeah. <laughs> be like, hey, is your client interested? I yeah. mean, 
I can't guarantee you no money right now, but we can talk if if things don't work out, you know, get back with me. I want you to know we're interested. Yeah. Speaking of players, Evan, I think I've made it pretty clear on social media that I want Zeke Elliott and all that and stuff. (laughs) And um, my question, I'm being serious. I don't want Zeke running back. Wouldn't he be a great replacement for P Ryan, like on third downs as a pass catcher, but more importantly, as a blocking running back? Yes, but I mentioned earlier about how he's not offering you much in terms of elusiveness right now. He just does not have the juice that he had coming out. And I really struggle to see after bringing back Travion Williams with Chris Evans on the roster with arguably being in position to draft a running back with how much work they've been doing on the class and the strength of this class as well. We talked about getting cheaper positions. That's a really good way to just shed 10, 11 million dollars of difference in the next year or so um i just i struggle to see them adding a veteran on top of the joe mixing contract so i would say assigning like zeke is contingent on a potential joe mixon cut or not restructure but renegotiation right because those are two different things you basically don't, pay cut Right. right. It's pay, it's pay cut or bust, right? And well, we I've saw been restructure, but I'm like, yeah. I know restructure is the wrong word because that's kicking the can down the road. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to do that it's because that increases cut. the dead cap the next year or two, yeah. which is definitely what you don't want to do. Hey, no, can, I, yeah. can I just say something real quick? We're, we got 47 people watching now, right now. Everybody go out and share that we're live. If we get to 50 people watching, 48 now. Can titties? We're going to get can titties? No. No, that ain't going to happen. But if we can get to 48 people, or 48, if we can get to 50 viewers, I will give away a Bengals and Brews koozie. How about that? There you go. Shit, does anybody like want that? Those. I mean, you got that one. Hey, I got a couple OGs left. I got a couple OGs left, too. You should the... probably send one to Evan. He's the only reason people are tuning in. Well, I mean. My, my beer's naked over here. Oh, no. <laughs> this is X-rated. We got naked beers. <laughs> no, I'll definitely be sending Evan one for sure. We're getting ready to uh, produce another batch out, so we'll let everybody know, you know what colors we decide on. Maybe we'll go white because everybody wants a dirty koozie. This one would make zero <laughs> millions, by the way, because anytime we're like close to making money, we're like, let's just give some stuff away. Yeah, yeah. everybody's everybody's getting on their their other accounts now. Oh, just hit fifty. <laughs> Everybody that has like six accounts are all getting on their different ones and watching watching us live. But um, I'm surprised anyone would want a koozie. Hey, everybody that's in here, comment. Um, you know what? How do you want to do the giveaway? You want to do? I, was I don't know. What's my something. fucking idea, Derek? Let's huh. do a let's do a, a trivia question. Bengals trivia. Uh oh. But you guys keep talking real quick. Hey, one 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 real quick thing on Zeke. I think the whole reason why I'm out on him is because he's got like 800,000 touches on his on his career. Mm. So I'm just kind of kind of leaning away from that. But I'll go in the yeah. background and find us if a good If you get a guy like player. a Dwayne McBride, right, who maybe – so the thing with McBride oh. is he was a great runner in college, but you get a guy who – I think he had 10 targets total in an entire season, his most recent season. So you don't really know what you have in the passing game there. It just wasn't something he was asked to do. It's not a role that he really sustained for that offense. If you want to, if they move on from Mixon, draft a Dwayne McBride, and then sign a Zeke for two, three, four million dollars, 
that's a great spot to be in because you still yeah. got cheaper there. You get that veteran presence that you can trust as a pass blocker while you bring a rookie along and start to develop him a little bit. So, and I do like, idea, I want to ask you about a couple of running backs while we're talking about them because I know yeah. we talked about several already, but Sean Tucker and Tank Bigsby are two guys that I'm like, if you're looking for just like a, a a guy you feel really confident about that maybe he doesn't have the like super high end traits, but just has the production, it's Tank Bigsby, man. Like he's absolutely crazy. I think he had uh, he was averaging like 5.5 uh, yards per attempt and 4.1 of them were coming after contact. Like dude is just unable to he is literally a tank. So that's a guy you can feel confident. He's kind of like the Dwayne McBride where you don't feel confident about him being very involved in the passing game right now, but maybe that's something that you can bring him along on a little bit to get him kind of uh, get him there. He was obviously kind of up and down in that Auburn offense, but that was really just a terrible, terrible offensive line blocking for him. So between that and like his long speed, not quite being there. I mean, that's definitely a guy that you might be able to get in the fourth or fifth round. And it's like, dude, I could plug and play this guy and give him 15 carries a game on the obvious rundowns. And I know he's going to use his size well to run through people and get more than what's blocked for him. And then Tucker, I think had an absolute beast of a pro day recently. Yeah, I, I know that's that's a guy who absolutely has the speed, and it's one of those juice guys, right, which they haven't quite had, but he's still got good size, right? So he's still 5'9", 207, um, still just 21 years old, and that's definitely, again, these are guys who are going in the later rounds because they don't have that passing game upside at present, but – Again, these are good athletes, and these guys are all 20, 21 years old, and there's still room to grow for them, both athletically and technically speaking, as receivers, as pass blockers. Look at Derek coming in with that fucking smirk like he has a really good fucking <laughs> – No, I got a great one, and it's draft-related. So, y'all ready? Yeah. All right. So, it's just what we see first in the chat. Yep. And first one in the chat. So, everybody get your trigger fingers ready. What player What player did the Bengals select with the number one overall pick in the 1995 NFL draft? Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson. Like, that's a stupid fucking question. Is that's, it? Yeah, it's super yeah. easy. I just named it, like, right away. Let's see. <laughs> you, that's what you It's wrong, bitch. With. It's wrong? Yeah. Kajana. Oh, Kajana. Okay. We're not asking you guys, damn it. <laughs> All right. You guys. <clears throat> hey, Evan, I got to ask you. guys aren't supposed to answer the questions, by the way. I should have said that before. <laughs> I know, but you got to come up with a better question. Yeah. Evan, I, you I got gotta... it wrong the first time. <laughs> yeah, but I was close. <laughs> Greg, what were you saying there, bud? Uh, no, this is a serious question. Mm-hmm. If, so, if if this one player is really good, but none of his teammates came to his birthday party with that upset. Oh, God. You're in the damn draft day movie. <laughs> you know I had to go with that draft day question. I mean, seriously, what if you found out this guy was, like, super good, everything all around, but none of his teammates came to his birthday party? Would that be a red flag in your opinion? Uh, <laughs> I, I think party. the professional <laughs> scouting term for that is actually Kyrie Irving syndrome. Um, but, uh, no, it's – not maybe something you want to do your homework on, but hey, some guys are just different, man. Some guys are just introverted. So maybe he's just a quiet guy who just, you know, one of those guys who just, hey, I, I live and breathe football and I go home and, you know, I'm Jamal Williams. I go home and watch anime, which like, hey, anime bangs. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, 
hundred percent. I'm all about ball. There you go. I've heard that about Burrow, right? Like there's been stuff I've heard where sometimes like, boring is good for a personality for a football player. If he just yeah. plays football and then just goes home and is just your average good guy, you know, that's it's a lot more than you can ask for some people that are that are floating around the league. So I don't think that's something that you oh, may be necessarily. Oh, look, look at stranger, like he was gonna say. <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't know. All right, so I've got another big, one. Big, was Big Daddy ninety four? In ninety four. All I right, know, so no cheating this time. No cheating. Yep, and nobody answered right. on on the group here. So we've only got forty five viewers now. Do we wait till we get back up to fifty again, or? Is it just who, is who it is? Oh, I no, fucking signed off. One of them was me. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to sign in too? We got to um, sign in. I fucking right, signed yeah. in again, real so, quick. I'm trying to make it somewhat easy, but somewhat difficult. It should be difficult. Well, I'm mean, like, we're already what the an hour in. pick. Which player holds the team record for punch returns for touchdowns? Pac Man. Oh, Tom got it already. Or no. Yep. What? Tom's on the ball, man. Damn, Tom. Or no, that was that Tom. was the last one. That was the last one, my bad. Yeah, I'm like, what I'm you... still thinking I'm still thinking about that one in my head and everything right, just talking crazy. about. We didn't even Jerome said Pac Man, and so did Crip. That one's not it. I've got the name. I've got it well, in my Greg head. Well, Greg already now. said it too, even though he wasn't supposed to say anything. I don't know. I think I know who it is. Yeah, if you want to guess, Greg, you got to get in the fucking chat and guess. I'm not doing <laughs> In the meantime, while we're waiting for the right answer, I got a little quick trivia question. It's, for guy, it's the guy from yeah. the 70s, right? It's the guy from the 70s era. Yeah. All right. So in October of 2013, there was a Bengals player who scored five touchdowns. Who yeah. was it? Brandon Tate. <laughs> what player that scored five touchdowns? Five. Oh, Keith got it right there. Keith in twenty in twenty thirteen. Yes, in twenty thirteen. That's why I said in the seventies. That's who Marvin I was Jones. It was Marvin Jones. You he are was, correct. Oh, in one game. Okay. Yep, I remember that now. He had a five touchdown game. Or yeah. sorry, he had four. I apologize. It was Dalton who had five. I messed up the trivia question too. Me and Dalton. Oh my god! <laughs> what the hell? I was like. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, how, how many players did we have score five touchdowns in the 2013 season? <laughs> Honestly, man, that's just Marvin Jones, Muhammad Sanu, AJ Green. Like, that was just such a fun receiving core, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Evan, wasn't it that Jets game where he scored five touchdowns? Uh, I believe it It was the Jets game, or was it the was it the Lions? I can't remember. Let me check. I, I forget. But, yeah, it was at that Jets game where he was just tearing it up. I mean, mm-hmm. We were just going up against Geno Smith, and I think it was I remember- the Lions. I okay, think it man. might have been against the Lions. Now that I'm thinking about it, or maybe that was his no, it was touchdown. the Jets. It was the was Jets. Going- yes. He had a four, but he did have a four touchdown game with the Lions, man. Yeah. Marvin Jones, man, good for him. He's yeah. back with the okay. Lions now. Yeah. I was gonna say him. he just got another contract with. The yeah, Lions. good for <laughs> him, man. He deserves it. <laughs> uh, Keith, DM me personally, and I will. Uh, at Orange Arrow for something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know his name. Yeah. But uh, you'll find I'll, it. I'll get that shipped out to you. And now, let me know do you want the orange one or do you want the OG? Does anybody have the OG at hand on hand? I, I don't. Orange. This one? Yeah. There's the OG. It's got the subtle flex in the side with, with Clarky. Great. Look, Greg collecting our Greg, you got, I don't even have both of them. 
<laughs> hey, wait a minute, made. though. You I had, I had one, one custom made with my name on I had one custom made. And he's like, I ain't giving you guys no money. Because <laughs> you guys, need you guys don't have some. the ones for the women drinks, so I had to get one for the women drink. Yeah, we need to work on that just for we, you, we poor child. Should. Thank we you. Should. I think we got like three female viewers, but well, one of them's Derek's wife. Yeah. Well, and one of them's you. And she drinks. Oh, yeah, it is. That's right. <laughs> I was going to say, and she drinks Keystone. So, by choice? No, it's $13 a freaking. Yeah, yeah. Derek, you know, Derek's got the expensive bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> and he says to his wife, he says, to his wife, he says, Here's Keystone. Just a fucking Keystone. <laughs> you can't have no man. Keystone said it's good, right? Not by choice. Not by choice. I'm a Miller girl. <laughs> I know you are a Miller girl. I would no, get she's you Miller if you were my girl. <laughs> Sarah, come live with me and oh, we'll treat you right. You don't need Derek. Nobody. Oh, shit, the glasses needs come off. No, there's. No, I mean, fogged up. It's getting hot in here for some it's reason. Getting fogged up. <laughs> Well, you guys want to do a real quick mock draft, or what are you thinking? Well, might as well, right? <laughs> Why not? We're asking for it. I said real quick, and she laughed. She knows how. Did she pour titties she out what? the other day? No. Like, what? Last time you came on the show, she poured her titties out, and oh. you were out. You were out. I'm delayed over here. She's delayed. She was laughing at you, saying, "Come live with you and Marissa." But as soon as she pulled her titties out last time, you were like, oh, "I was like, gotta go." Show was Gone. over like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Next oh, thing you know, man. you see fucking Hootay Baby. It's time! Yeah. <laughs> shout out Sean, man. Love shout out guy. Sean, absolutely. Oh, man, he is the best of the fan base, honestly. Speaking of Sean, um, Evan, are you going to any away games this year? Uh, we will. I'll be going with Malik. Uh, we're probably going to go to Nashville for the Titans game. We're talking about going to San Francisco for the 49ers game. Uh, we're going to be around a little bit, and we're also planning on having some live events and meet and greets and kind of group uh, – fan watch experience for some of the away games at places like maybe smoke justice. So we're, we're working on that stuff right now and hope to have quite a few different events and maybe something awesome. upcoming for the draft too. Well, Evan, you deserve all this success, man. Cause you're fucking, you know, your shit, dude. Like, I appreciate it guys, man. Awesome. I just love talking ball like you guys, man. I tell you don't sell yourself short, man. You put a lot of work into your scouting. You paid a lot of work into watching your film and putting your rankings together. I don't, I know I'm fucking, I wake up and I'm seven. I, I know I'm amazing. I'm talking about these other guys. Yeah. I'm just trying to give you your credit as well. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. I do. Hey, Derek, I thought you were pulling up a mock draft. I thought you were. Hey, God, I got to do everything around here. I do shows, 18 shows a week, Derek. But fine, I'll pull up a mock draft. I looked at you your fingers and they were moving. Fucking, you sat there and looked fucking pretty, okay? You're real good at it. Everybody's got their role right. He's face from the A-team, you know? That's it. <laughs> it motherfucker looked more like Murdoch, though. <laughs> yep. This guy. Greg, were you going to ask something? I was going to say, man, keep doing what you're doing, man. I mean, I enjoy watching that show. Just keep you guys keep up what you're doing, man. We appreciate your support, man. We really, uh, we're really trying to do a lot of different kind of dynamic things that try to bring the fan into the experience, and we want to meet and interact with everybody who supports us, man. Because you guys know it's it's a lot of work to do this, and the fans that you do have that join you, man, it, it means the world. So shout out to everyone here in the chat. Keep supporting these guys. It, it takes a lot out of you to finish your job for the day and then come out here and do a bunch of work and prep and then have a show. So uh, shout out to all these guys, man, for, for doing that repeatedly outside of the room. Oh, you got it already. 
Hey, hey, Evan, what do you think the chances are that that Tennessee game goes overseas? I don't know, man. I, I, I want to go they to might, that one. They might that I might not be able to go to. Yeah. I don't know unless uh, Malik and First Star want to pay for a passport and for my flip or for my tri, uh, flight over there. But uh, no, they, I, are the, they are the logistics specialists. So they're yeah, I, right. They would be great. Maybe they just put me in a box saying, and ship me over there or something, and that'd be a lot cheaper. Yeah, she's saying I look good at I'm good at looking pretty, and that's about it. She must yeah, have had about a fucking. She must have had about trades. a case of them fucking keystones already. <laughs> what do you think I buy them for? I could move <laughs> down one spot and get a fifth round pick. I would take that in real life, but yeah. Will Evans. Oh my god. This is, what Levis. the hell? This Come is too on. easy. It's too easy oh. when Kansas is available. Do it. The board, the board for this website, we used it the other night. They can get a little funky sometimes, man. We mm-hmm. had like uh I think it was Will Levis went to like the Eagles or something. Or He's Anna still available. Is like, yeah, it's it's a little odd. Normally it's it's I mean, up until recently, it's been pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy well, because it's supposed you see... to be the consensus board mm-hmm. is what it's supposed to right. be like it, when you clicked on tight ends did it say that the number one tight end still left was darnell washington <laughs> yeah it sure does yeah. poor child well, there was evan, a fucking run on them evan this guy would probably donate a million dollars or something if we got darnell washington to the Bengals himself or something in the first round or in the second round first round well, oh, no. I, first I got to hit the fucking lottery, Greg. If I'm donating a million dollars, even even Porchop has said he he yeah. knows. Mm-hmm. Second round, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I'm in love with that guy, man. I swear to God. I think Kinsey's. I think it's too obvious here. Well, yeah. it's because he zoomed in on his crotch when he caught that one ball at the combine. Right. He was like this, and then you literally sense the picture zoomed in on his crotch. And He's said, got a sweet ass package, man. Uh, you. I don't know. There's anything else. Hey, gotta have some sand in the pants if you want to be a good blocker. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So in this draft, Bijan just went to the Bills, which I think that would be real life if he fell that far. The Bills, oh, would be absolutely, not to take him. Yeah. But Kansi, that's a dream come true. So I, I think gonna... that's the easy pick. As much as you know, you try to have a little bit of conversation, but I, I think that's just an easy pick staring you in the face. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you got to take it. You know. I, on the offensive side, man, you got Joe Burrow. He's going to fucking ball out and make everybody look good. We need something on the defense. Right. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. God. Come on, hey, man. Out of the Warriors is the best available still. Hey, like oh, I said, Joe man. Burrow's on the offense, man. Fucking grab him up. What's that tackle situation look like? Because if you don't grab one now or the next round, you might not be grabbing one. Dude, go for it. It doesn't look good. I don't like Jalen Duncan. He had a terrible season. In the second round, too? No, I I feel like it's too early for him or Freeland. I agree. Like, that is Mm – oh, yeah. Then what are you looking at at tight end? Is that 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 going on? I actually like the interior. Like, the linemen here are good on the interior. You know what? I think somebody asked this earlier – Corner Oh, crap. This is where I was thinking because we talked Trade about back. how deep the corner class is. Is I that, uh, is that you know, do you want to take that swing on tight end early and get one of your guys right here? No, I like craft. That's it. You guys know me. I'll, I'm gonna go craft. See, uh, this is where I know we're not trading back here, but I would definitely. Definitely okay, so Charbonnet didn't even fall to be mentioned for running backs. 
What about safety? And, I feel like it's too early. Audubon Warrior is just like he should not be here. Mm, that, my that guy. upsets me. Neither should a Cancy though. I kind of like corner or tight end here, man. After you went D line first round, I feel like I running agree. back and wait. I feel like you can still get some quality safeties and other. It's between Julius Brents, honestly, of the corners too. I love and, Brents. and Laporta and Kraft. Like I could be talked into either of those tight ends, but I love Brents. You know, let's I go. I, yeah, I'm. I was going to say, I my votes on on Brents here. Let's get a fucking I'll, corner then, man. I'll be okay with juice. this. You know how it pains me, but let's go, Brent. <laughs> now, after that, since. Are we? Are, is that where who who we're picking? Yeah, up? let's okay. let's roll with. I it. just I want to ask you real quick because I know somebody asked in the chat earlier and I forgot to put it up there. Who? How how far do you how, or how late do you see a guy like Josh Wiley falling? Man, he could be like a fifth or sixth round tight end. I mean, he's he obviously offers you a little bit as a pass catcher, but what's really concerning is kind of he was a really putrid contested catch guy and. Mm-hmm. That could also, when the linebackers get faster and you're playing against a guy like Fred Warner oh and in the NFL, he, he might have a little bit more trouble separating. And that, that consistency at the catch point is really kind of concerning for a guy who's got a generally bigger frame. Tucker Kraft's mm-hmm. still there in the He's third round. There. That's a home run pick right there. Dude, dude, well, I, Evan, I, I you and I both know. No, don't think, just take. <laughs> Greg, Greg, once you got to talk about it. You got no. We're not talking it. about it. No, nope, Greg. Talk. If we don't, if we don't talk Greg, about we it, people had in this conversation yesterday. I don't care. <laughs> people you in the chat got to catch up. You guys are really going to make me cry, time. aren't you? Listen, I like the running back a chain, especially in the third round. He's Nobody's small, even talking he's about my guy. I don't care about Sidney Brown. I'm getting there. <laughs> Linebacker <laughs> Henley. I love Henley. He was a former safety, Washington State. But we don't need a linebacker bringing back Pratt. Sydney I feel Brown, like there's still plenty of good running back options. Obviously, a Kane is a talented player, lots of explosion, good receiver. A little bit undersized, though. The question is whether he's going to be that full-time back for you. And if you've got questions about how big his role is going to be, I feel like taking him here in the third round when you've got Tucker Craft staring uh, at you. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's on the board? Mm-hmm. Even guys like yeah. Luke Whipler, he, he would be center number one in a lot of drafts. Yeah, battle's good. Duncan here, I would, maybe would take, but I mean, come on. All right, we're just taking craft. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Salvation, validation, all the things. Thank I mean, you. Greg, calm down. Put your Peter away, okay? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> wouldn't have, but that's just my my personal opinion. I just, I'm just I am emphatically in love. I'm emphatically in love with Sidney Brown in the third yes. round. And you loved Dax Hill last year. It's just I've real been- tough with Hill already being there, with how they like Tyson Anderson, with bringing in Scott. I just – I struggle to draft a fourth safety in the third round that might not be the guy who fills in for a year or two yet. I, I just look at I tackle. like his tackle position versus To me, I'm He's not good. taking the he tackle is. here. I'm not taking tackle here. I, w- I kind of like waiting here and maybe trying to circle back in round five or six and get a Warren McClendon, man. That's a mm-hmm. guy who's got that right yeah. type of experience and an SEC program and held his own. It's not an exciting pick, but he's kind of my rich man or uh, poor man's burge- burgeons just later in the draft. That so, to me, I can go Chase Brown here. This is I know it's my guy's running brother. back, as you see. Four of yeah. them are suggested. Yep. Sean okay. Hooker, Chase Brown, Eric Gray, and Izzy. Now, let me ask, can we scroll down a little bit and see if guys like Keaton Mitchell, Ty J. Spears, uh, McBride are still there? Because Spears, are are gone. Spears is gone. He would have been at the top. Okay. 
I do want to say real quick shout out there. My, my brother or my my brother. My son's turning seven tomorrow, so happy birthday to my son. So he's born on April. So wait, Derek, he was born on April Fools. And yes, and let me tell you, you know how hard it was for me personally to tell my family without them (laughs) thinking I was lying to them. (laughs) Yes, it was. It was a whole ordeal. Man, do I we wait on a running back, or do we take one here? I, I do like kind of this sweet spot for the running back. I mm-hmm. man, McGuire's still out there at edge, and we haven't hit an edge yet. And I think this is kind of an interesting spot to kind of look at him. Um, after like that, Henry too. Yeah, so maybe we can circle back around on that. I, I think it's a good spot to take running back. I just um, my. I definitely like Sean Tucker, Chase Brown, or Izzy right here. Uh, I feel like mm-hmm. you can be pretty good about all that. Izzy is maybe just my favorite because he's still 20, not going to be even 21 until October. Mm-hmm. He's got all the athletic traits that you want. And the biggest thing is that he maybe has that Saquon Barkley syndrome where he kind of bounces around a little bit and doesn't take the first cut and just take the yards that he's got. But I feel like that's something you can coach with maturity, with age, with seasoning that's going to help him yeah. hit his ceiling. 1,300 yards for Pitt at 20 yeah. years old. His burst. 4.3 to 4.4 speed, 41-inch mm-hmm. vertical. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost 220, I think he weighed in at. Like, That's just a guy you can get right now that could really be in every down back for you, that can give you that that speed, that juice, that pass. Well, and out. even if he's not an every down back, real, you, can find, you can find a – you can bring in Zeke with him if you do mm-hmm. cut next. Real time. quick, show me a wide receiver again. I know this is kind of probably too early for that, but. Well, Trey Palmer's my guy, mm. and he's from Nebraska, yeah. which is that They love guy. offering the future picks on this mop machine, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do. 2024 must not be a good draft class or something. <laughs> well, then when the when the trades come okay. up, it blocks every uh, the view of everything going on. You can't even see it. Right. Now, tackle, I still, like, I, I – the way this board is, we can get one in the sixth. I think we yeah. can get Warren McClendon on the back end, and I like him. I like Nick Saldaveri down there. Uh, those are those are two of my guys, the late round guys. Now, if like we want to double dip on tight end with Kraft and Koontz, who had a that's interesting. Good board. that would be. I'm not against that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals did double dip, maybe a little bit later in like the sixth or the seventh, and mm-hmm. get a guy like. But if you can get a six-seven guy that ran a four-five, you're you're betting on the athleticism and saying yeah. we can teach him to do all the other things. Yeah. So I, I think Edge is still right. obviously tackle. We're going to wait on. I think Edge is kind of an outstanding. Oh my gosh, McGuire still your, there. There's your guy. No, so, so is Henry. I, yeah. I, I feel like Henry was definitely like more productive than uh, than Miles Murphy. He had a good year Murphy this. Yeah. Yep. I don't yeah, know. I'd be I'd be cool with either of these guys. So I'll let you guys kind of decide and talk your talk your truth and talk about your guys. I would take Henry personally because, like, for whatever. And I said this the other day. I said for whatever reason, Clemson. The guys that go early don't pan out. The guys that mm-hmm. go late, they pan out. Like, I don't know. T worked out pretty well. No, I'm talking their defensive <laughs> linemen. I know, I know. No, just, like the, the Grady Jarrett's and uh, mm-hmm. the DJ Readers, the guys that go in the fourth, fifth round on their D-line pan out. Hang the on, can I just like, address uh, something in the in the comments real quick? I see I would trade Mixon and Williams for a third each. Guys, Austin Eckler 
has been more productive than Joe Mixon, is on a contract that's half as cheap as Joe Mixon, and still can't find a trade partner. So mm -hmm. I, I understand that we would ideally like to get a third-round pick for Mixon, but that's just not realistic. People aren't going to trade for a running back on a $12 million contract who's almost 28 no. now. There's yep. a reason Zeke got cut, and it's not because – nobody wants a running back. It's no one wants a running back who's making more than six mil. It's why Aaron Jones, another running back who was more productive than Joe Mixon has been was asked there. to restart a pay cut the year after he extended. So that's and, why, why Jamal Williams who had what 15, 16 touchdowns last year, barely got a payday. This it's, year. it's just the state of the running 19? back. Position, guys. It's just, yeah, it's rough. Do, I it's, mean, do you think anybody would even take Mixon without a pick to just to take over that contract he's got? I I don't even think they would. I think they I would think say so. we're going to wait for, we're going to wait for you to cut him and then we'll sign him for. I think you know, we'd have to give him a pick to take that contract. Yeah, you almost have would have to Brock Osweiler that deal, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and that's the thing. I think a lot of people like where all this shit's going crazy with like, you know, you're going to cut Mixon, not cut Mixon, restructure, cut. You know, ask him to take a pay cut, whatever. Right. It's like, man, it's somewhere like. Hey, Mixon is very, very good. He's still 26. Mm -hmm. Like, he can add value to a team. But you can't just pay a guy $13 million when... When he's giving not, you bottom 25% production. That's just and it's point. not the current market value for running backs, especially that are, like you said, giving that production. It right. doesn't mean you hate the guy either. No, yeah, it's, no, you can say a guy, I love this guy and he's overpaid. If Andy Dalton was making yeah. $50 million, I'd Close be like, look, he's a nice guy, but he's still getting overpaid. It doesn't mean yeah. I hate the guy. Yeah, I want him to succeed. I want, I'm yeah. pro player. I want them to make as much money as they can. But sure. if you're asking me to give my opinion and my analysis, then right, yeah, he's yeah. overpaid mm -hmm. based on what he gives you. That's just the honest fact. agree. And now going back to this mock draft, the overall is the same thing, Evan, where we were kind of out is McGuire or Henry. And honestly, I'll like, I, I'm good with either. Uh -huh, me too. So anybody got a flip a coin, take one. We'll Poor was saying he likes KJ Henry, doesn't he? I like he got, KJ. Let's Henry. go with it. I'll go with it. Let's go ahead and swing Henry then. Yeah. All right. I was just going to go with the higher rated guy from the board, but I, I like McGuire. Maybe it's a little bit of voter fatigue for me because we took him in the uh, in the draft the other night for us too. So maybe I'm just trying to switch things up. <laughs> hey, we got the tight end I wanted. I could care less. If we go. For hey, we got my guy Julius Brents. As far as I'm, I'm concerned, this he's is over there. He's over there, smart. Hey, we got kids right. in the first round, so we're golden. Dude, this is already an A plus. So you can't. Yeah. You can draft three punters and be fine. We got yeah. both the Pittsburgh guys who balled out at the mm -hmm. pro day. So, oh. dude, can we okay. go finally here? Pain dirt. Um. Okay. Now hear me out. What's our tackle look like? Because if Warren McClendon's still there, I am very interested in taking him at this point. Let's do it if he's there. Oh, we lost the old man. No, I was going to say, Derek, you get, I got a fucking piss, man. I ain't going to. Hey, I was just right. going to say, I can't. <laughs> you guys chat about this for a minute. I'll be I was right. going to say, I can't, I can't uh, rotate this any better than, because obviously he's running it. But um, I was going to say, Payne Durham or Josh Wiley, what, what's your thoughts on those two, Evan? Uh, I definitely kind of prefer Wiley. Just obviously you've got the local connection. You've got a little bit of that upside on the receiving side. And you can talk about, you know, maybe the contested catches just weren't quite there with the ball placement and the offensive struggles a little bit that they had transferring mm -hmm. from Ritter to a new quarterback. Um, I, I definitely think you can see the upside with Wiley. 
Um, in Payton Durham, obviously it would be at this late, at this stage in the draft, like you can feel good about either of those players and they're double dipping. And again, this is one of those positions that, that takes a while for you to, to get back uh, to develop into a capable starter. I mean, even George Kittle had to take years before he got to where he is. Obviously, Darren Waller went from wide receiver to tight end and Travis Kelsey didn't come into the league and just immediately become the the staple, right? Dallas yep. Goddard took a while. Like all mm-hmm. all these tight ends usually took a little bit to develop because again, you you got to be bigger and stronger. You got to have better technique because the guys you're going up against are going to blow you off the line if you're not ready for that or if you don't have that size. So, in this range, I definitely like a Josh Wiley, a Will Mallory type I, I switched to the offensive tackles, but I'm just sitting here like, damn, that felt really good. McClendon's still there. McClendon's still there. If you can get a guy, you could have a – this is kind of like a, a – Carter trade. Warren, too. Carter Warren's like – Carter Warren's work. not a bad look either. Yeah. You going to pick three pick guys? Or did we not get – yeah. You got – Take yeah, all the players from – All the Pittsburgh players. Convert <laughs> them over. What, 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 like what, Tyler Board. Tyler Board. Guy, we're, Parker Blake. We're Parker taking Blake all your talent. High. And I do know that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm good with whatever you guys want to do. I do. I go McClendon. What about I think Greg? Just, Greg, know what about Josh Wiley? SEC guys. You need a right tackle, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for Wiley the next round. Man, don't fucking piss off Greg. I know. He gets fucking <laughs> big savage mode. Yeah. BSG. So, uh, what do you guys want, Warren or McClendon? I even like Ryan Hayes, but I think he's going to project more as like a left tackle guard in the NFL, personally. Anybody with strong opinions? I'm not, not Par- really. I, don't I, have like, I like Warren as well. What, what, no, Parker Blake, uh, who I rely very a lot. Fuck of- Parker. I got to <laughs> go against a mock draft with him and Jared tomorrow, and we're going to actually see who gets the best. We're going to do a full first rounder tomorrow, so. I'm picking Carter Warren. Fuck. All right. All right. Pittsburgh. There we go. Three Pittsburgh players. I have a question here. In the seventh round, when you start to look at this, are you guys thinking this is a – right? This is basically a priority free agent, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of these guys are basically going to be UDFAs, maybe not stick through camp all the way. Do you feel like there's more value in taking a guy who's a backup quarterback or a punter that you know can offer you – He's gonna be on the roster. He can give you what you want. So if we take a punter him. here, it's our it's our number the Michigan one guy. Yeah, I'm all for it. Hey, I am a hundred percent addressing the punter. But McClendon is still play. here. Evan Hall is still here. Go to oh. tight ends. Go to tight ends. Is Wiley still there? <laughs> no, Greg. Can I ask you something real quick, Dale? But I how do far, like Braden Willis. I do like Braden Willis. Or did uh, Tucker Scott? Is it Tucker Scott? Trey before? Tucker from Trey uh, Tucker. yeah. I, like yeah, I think he just went. I like Elijah Higgins from Stanford as a receiver. If you were going to take, a he's receiver. got that really serious injury history, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he can be. Which I mean, it's the seventh round. UFA. Obviously, you're taking a chance on that anyway. Well, so. I think that's the other guy. Uh, was that uh, Palmer from Nebraska, or no, Michael? No, Wilson. no, the Michael other. Sta- yeah, Wilson, the other. Right, Stanford right, guy. right. Shit, I'm taking Malik Cunningham because I want a quarterback that can do something different. Hey, Tommy DeVito was my NCAA quarterback like three three years ago. So, you know, I got a special place in my heart for him. <laughs> Man, I'm just looking through all the – I like Trey Dean, honestly, that late. 
I like I like uh, Lonnie Phelps. He played in the Senior Bowl, and he's mm-hmm. local uh, Cincinnati guy. So he'll probably be at the local pro day. Wouldn't shock me if they took him. McClendon stands out Still though at this there, point. Man. So mm-hmm. does Evan Hall. But so then what do you guys Hunter, want to do? You want to take an upside swing on one of these tackles? Bryce Berenger. That's that's who I want. You know what well, though? You call you know, Bryce Berenger. You get on the phone with him after the draft, man. You want to play for the Bengals? You're going to p- compete with a guy that can't kick the ball fucking twenty foot off the ground. <laughs> listen, you know, I, let's, listen, play for you a championship you know, your rookie hey, year. I don't have many connections, but one guy I do have a pretty good relationship with is Shane Graham. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask him tonight. I'll do it for you guys. All right. I'll ask him his true thoughts on Behringer as a potential pick at punter. Because he told me he told me last year, like, wow, I'm fucking shit. I probably shouldn't say this, but <laughs> he told me that there was a lot of shit about the guy that the Bills took, that the punk god that everybody wanted, mm-hmm. that he knew that he was not even in the picture. Oh, the guy the Ravens out. took, which they took out. They took him in. The Ravens took that guy in the fourth round. That was our punter number one. The Bengals punter number one, and they were very interested in him. Yeah. Well, I just think that if they call the you know undrafted, that they got a really fucking good shot of him coming here just because he could possibly play for a championship. And yeah. Drew Christman can't get the fucking mm-hmm. ball off the ground. Any no. any return specialist left. Like a wide receiver or cornerback. I mean, really, but uh, I'm not seeing anything no. that stands out to me. Yeah. No, no. Okay. I think I just take the like. I could take War McClendon, I guess, and then I say, "Oh, I'm going to sign Barringer as an undrafted." Yeah, bring him in to compete at right tackle if you if mm-hmm. you've got that whole medley right there. Yeah, fine, fine. And at this rate, War McClendon back back to back. At this rate, are we trade? Because considering we waited to the last round, are we trading a twenty twenty four draft pick for Jonah if somebody calls, or are we just letting him go in and compete? Um, I guess what, since you didn't take one early, I think you got to let him compete before you think about. He is our one. starting right tackle with the way yeah. this fell, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Right, like that, and that's that's what I mean when you do these mocks. It's like. It looks better if Jonah's willing to play right tackle. Yeah. Yep. This it is doesn't uh, look that good if you don't get one. You know, I, you don't want your sixth, seventh round picks to be your starters. I feel like we're uh, here that podcast ground right now because we got a child singing in the background. <laughs> my my daughter's. I'm not sure what she's singing, but <laughs> it's. But I would take least... Behringer. I do. I did like, and and Shane might be like, "Fuck you! I'm not telling you anything." But I am going to ask him. <laughs> I am gonna ask him. And yeah, I've never asked him for shit. You know? hey, let's just get him drunk again on on the show. <laughs> I mean, he gave us over four hours. I know that's We do cold. need to have him on again. It's been a while, so. But he's been doing all the the tours with mm-hmm. like you know all this stuff and getting people ready. Like that that's a job now. After like, the draft, Whoa. I'm happy for him. And I guess he was at Red's opening day because, like, he was in the parade. Yeah, and I saw him <laughs> hanging out over at uh, E&O, too, so. Yeah. I think that was E&O. He's the man. Mm-hmm. But, Evan, dude, you are also the man. <laughs> Thank you're gonna you. Have to come, you're going to have to come on more often. If... Absolutely, man. Just reach out anytime. I'm Every day at 3.30. Thank you. <laughs> no, no. No, we don't we're not as good as, as First Star, but. 
No, that's all right. I got enough on my plate already, man. I did that free agency show for five days, man. And I don't know how you guys do it, man. Five <laughs> days wears me out. I was at the end of that. I was ready to sleep all weekend and not leave the house. Mm-hmm. Passion. But but every few months, we'll get you on once every few months just to catch up on shit with the Bengals because I'm next telling thing, you. Next hey, time Evan, Evan comes Evan. on, we'll be talking about the Joe Burrow contract. How about Derek, that? Shut up. Hey. You used to be my best friend. I got a new best friend now. It's Evan. <laughs> shut up. I don't need you no more. I got Evan now. Just shut up, Derek. Hey, yeah. That's all right with me. No, I'm just kidding. I yeah, I do come with the baggage, Evan. I do come with the baggage, to be fair. You got the whole package, man. You got the show. You got the Miller Lights. I mean, you got the Bengals knowledge. I mean, what more do you need in a bestie right there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Derek. You should appreciate yeah. me more. You got the, the 3 a.m. phone calls in the summer. Oh, shit. Don't tell them about that, Derek. Shit. <laughs> I work night shifts, so it's okay. But. I was going to say. Some, I ain't gonna call do- implication on that phone call? <laughs> No, no, none of that. It's more like, oh, man, I'm fucking hammered, and I know you're at work, so I need somebody to talk to because I'm fucked up. You know, I love it. I love it. Hey, we're just putting it all out there, Derek. Come on now. Absolutely. Hey, so looking at our draft we just did, what would you give it grade-wise, Evan? Yeah. Man, I – I think that was a B. On to you. you got Craft uh, in the third round. And you we got all the Pittsburgh players. The best three Pittsburgh players. Brents in the second. I mean, if you're talking the Bengals walk away with Cansey, Brents, and then Craft in the first three rounds, I mean, that's – I know you didn't get the the tackle that you wanted necessarily, but at the same time, the tackle – Jonah's still on the roster. He is, and you didn't want to pull a Billy Price and say, we're going to reach for a Burgeons. We're going to reach for – Dewan Jones in the first round. It's, it's and we got job. Izzy. We got Izzy. Yeah. Right. So you've got guys who are capable. Maybe you bring a veteran into camp after this, like a Fleming, like a fan, just to shore up the position a little bit. But I think McClendon could legitimately be a capable starter for you, if not this year, the next year, possibly. I fucks with it. So if we keep yeah. if we keep Williams and mm-hmm. we get those and, and the draft goes that way, do we do we cut Collins? That's tough because Collins just is on a cost control contract, right? To where if he's not playing, you're not paying, right? Which is mm-hmm. one of the best places to be for a guy who, when he is healthy, is an average tackle. So let's say you get these guys in the sixth round, right? Let's say you just get McClendon in the sixth, and then you've got him, Jonah, Adenogy, and Collins. You can roll Jonah out there or McClendon and let them all battle it out in camp, and then you can say, hey, Lyle Collins, take eight to ten weeks. Take 12 weeks. Hell, take 15 if you want. Get your mm-hmm. back right. Because we know that when you're healthy, you can be a quality starting tackle. So maybe he gives you more when he's healthy in 12 or 15 weeks than a McClendon does in his first year. Or a and, I'm cross, and I'm cross-training McClendon all season long as a backup to play Swing. guard and this and that. Yeah. That way if anybody gets injured, he can fill in there. <clears throat> that way when Collins comes back, the numbers right. work out that you don't yeah. have to cut anybody. And then – the, the best thing ever could happen for the Bengals, say, I don't know, say the Vikings right tackle tears his ACL. Now, obviously, it's terrible for that guy. It happened with Sam Bradford, where Sam <laughs> yeah, Bradford yeah, got hurt exactly. and they were able to trade tons of picks for him. Yeah, exactly. so teams get desperate, right? So I think that's definitely a possibility. If, if a team comes knocking like there and they feel like they have competition there, then they can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now here's one that I'm not I'm not big on the player. Mm-hmm. Talk about injuries, been very injured. 
Right. He's also like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, the Bengals did like him coming out, too. And I, I know. That mattered with Cody Ford. That was something that mattered to them. And that's when you pull these guys from the, the NFL veteran scouting department, right? You pull up your draft report with them because that's why teams say, hey, it didn't work out in scenario A, but we feel like this is the reason and we still believe he can be the guy we thought in the draft. I think if they're going to bring him win, they wouldn't have brought him forward. Yep. I, I think Brandon Ford, yeah. e- even though we don't think Ford is like a guy, I think they could have waited. They didn't have to rush to bring in Ford on a minimum contract, but they just brought him in. So I don't think they're looking for because I'm still high on Cam Fleming at right tackle if it would work out. But maybe they were doing Orlando Brown a favor. Maybe they were friends. We know they yeah. like Cody Ford. Maybe it just it made everybody happy. Yeah, right. welcome to Cincinnati. Here's a buddy. You know this guy. At the same time, maybe they feel like, hey, he gives us a little bit more than Max Sharping does, you know, and that's nothing against Max. You know, he's just a, a backup guard, you know. I mean, that's that's tough well, that, for anybody when you go and play against Chris Jones as a backup guard, right? No, and I think Sharping is a very good – and they did bring Sharping back after. That's what, like, when Ford first signed, I, I was like, oh, he's just confused. a backup guard. Right. And then they brought Sharping back, and I'm like, well, then it come out about the right tackle. So I don't know what, how the timetable worked with, like, when Jonah requested his shit after Brown was brought in and stuff. But it all happened within a day or two, so. Kind of the same thing that happened with Andy Dalton. Probably he saw the news and was like, hey. Well, Zach Taylor didn't give a fuck. He said, Andy, it's your birthday. Fucking sit on the fucking bench. That fucking Andy Dalton didn't need a goddamn news conference to figure out what the fuck was going on with him. I mean, we had the number one pick and Joe Burrow was there. Fucking Andy Dalton already had the suitcase packed. No, I'm talking when they benched him. I'm talking yeah. when they benched him. Oh, yeah. Ryan Finley, man. Ryan Finley, like. Yeah, and- he got us Joe Burrow. Hey, and he be, and the, and Ryan Finley Steelers. for the Ring of Honor. He beat them fucking Steelers. <laughs> then on he Monday comes out and he beats the Steelers the next fuck year. Fuck the Steelers. Ryan Finley, Bengals. That finger roll will live in Bengals infamy forever. He's going into goddamn Bengals uh, fucking ring of honor one day. Nah, man, him him on the goal line smiling like, how the hell hell did they even get that picture? (laughs) That's so great. He's like on the ground, he's got that big fucking smile. I love that picture. That was awesome. Now, I will say, and we kind of mentioned this the other day, Greg, a guy that deserves the ring of honor whenever they do it is Duke Tobin. He doesn't Absolutely. have the title of general manager, but that guy, mm-hmm. ring I mean, of honor. I mean, Evan, yep. I mean, I know that it's he's, te- he's our general manager. I mean, Duke Tobin, do you think he gets enough credit at times than he should? I mean, I think he deserves so much more credit at times. Don't you agree? I yeah, think he, I, I just because he doesn't have that general manager title, like right. many people outside the, 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 NFL network, not the TV station, but just the collective masses of NFL focused people appreciate him. But I also think he kind of likes that. I just get to be in the shadows and do fun shit. Like he loves football, right? He doesn't want to do all the press conferences and all the speak and be in front of everybody. And he's not nothing to nothing against John Lynch, but John Lynch is, you know, a handsome, nice, shiny guy who does a lot of press conferences and is very open with the media. And I just think Duke is a lot different than that, but he definitely deserves so much credit for it's hard. You often see coaches and GMs come in together, right? And the reason for that is because you have to be on the same page about how to build the team because the coach's job is to win with the players he has. And the GM is supposed to give players to the coach that fit his scheme and their idea. Right. And so often you get that headbutting of 
the general manager likes a guy, but the coach doesn't like a guy, doesn't think he fits the scheme well or does something well that he wants. For Duke to go through multiple coaches to adjust how the coaching staff too, and Zach Taylor's credit, how they came in and said, we're going to run this wide zone system and play a lot of under center. And now they're like, oh, well, never mind. It didn't work out well. And now we're doing a shotgun gap run scheme. And okay, well, we're going to go get your Orlando Brown. And we're going to go do all this different stuff for Luana Rumo to get him guys that he wants back there to get him guys like Vaughn Bell and Mike Hilton that have that versatility. So kudos to both of them just for communicating so well. I saw the same thing. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to look at the picture. (laughs) Yeah, let's go, man. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a exactly. lot going on. I there. saw the I saw the picture. Need, I'm like, yeah, I'm to, like, I need to see this closer. <laughs> we so love I'm it, trying Manny. to examine it. We I'm love sorry, it. Evan. I wasn't trying to. <laughs> I think right. it's a bagel slate. Yeah, how do you like my profile yeah. pic? I don't yeah. know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. trying to like. Oh dear God. Oh my. It's a lot, uh, going, on. A lot going on. Yeah, there's there's a yeah. lot going on in that one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, it's been fun. Evan, appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Looking forward to next time, man. Always down to drink some brews and talk some bangles. Thank you. Let people know what you got going on, Evan. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter, at emcphil. You can find us. We do State of the Jungle, a Bengal-centric show on Wednesdays, live at 7 p.m. And uh, we also do just kind of a general NFL and general sports talk show on Mondays at 7. So you can find the link to all that. It's in my uh, Twitter profile. So Go ahead, and uh, if you guys get done watching this show at 3.30 or however, what time they decide to go on that day, pop over and take a look at us, man. We love to answer listener questions and include you guys in the show, and we got a lot of fun events and other things coming up soon that we'll be be announcing. So appreciate it if you all can come along, and be happy to see a lot of you guys there too. Hey, I just want to know, I just want to say, next time you guys are carrying around that briefcase of knowledge, make sure you got the (laughs) handcuff on. Make sure you got the handcuffs on because you don't want that getting away. That's all I we'll got get, to We'll say. get those first star handcuffs. All, we'll right. Get them on there, you know? <laughs> all right, Evan, appreciate you. See you, bro. All right, thank you, guys. Take care, all right? Everybody, See ya. Derek, what the hell are you talking about? Handcuffs and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. They was walking, they was doing that promo, walking, walking with that briefcase of knowledge, man. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling it took me a minute. <laughs> That's yeah, weird. Anytime you're walking the, with a briefcase. And it's got everything you need to know about everything. You've got to have the handcuffs on them. No one can steal it, man. We need to do uh, one of those videos in lot yes. one with us. But it's like we're going to be walking. And then like we we trip over each other when we fall. <laughs> yeah. And just like all the fake monies fall out. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say we're flying. walking with handcuffs on a, on a briefcase full of freaking beer or something. Yeah, the briefcase opens up and a fucking. I'm game. I'm game for all the ideas to like recreate, but I don't want anybody to take. Once again, don't want anybody to take any shit personal. Like, yeah. Once again, we're here to joke around and have fun. Yeah, Yeah. we can't worry about what other people think as long as we just do our thing and make ourselves happy. Absolutely. Or jump on a motorboat, your fucking teddies. I'm gonna bring them motherfuckers up to you on Thursday. You can motorboat the shit out of them. Oh god. Get up in there. Anyway, Manny, we're apparently we're live every single day, but uh, well, not always. I took a break on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, man. but we've been live, Greg. I think for the past like three weeks, we've done three weeks. Uh, yeah. Dale, just start out with you on your we'll, show. We'll probably but slow I will down say, a little like, bit. Dude, the, the easiast thing is follow yeah. us on YouTube or follow us mm -hmm. on podcast form because yeah. podcast, you know, you can listen to audio wise. Now, when we get to how many how many subscribers are we doing to give away this beauty right here? I didn't think we were putting a cap on. It. I thought we were going to have a little fun with our subscribers. That oh, we let's have, have a little fun with it. Let's have some fun. Look at that. Uh, baby. I, th I thought it was going to be a draft thing since it's draft hat. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Oh, so, so like the first round, you know, we'll just ask everybody and you know, it'll be our show that we do right before the draft. Who's your pick? Who's your pick mm -hmm. for round one? And if there's like 10 people that get it, cool. Awesome. You guys are still the running. Now we're going to roll it over to the second round the next day. Can anybody predict that? And if they don't, then we'll just fucking be like, Hey, circle jerk for fucking who gets it. <laughs> We'll do another another one, uh, another whatever it is trivia question. But we'll start off with that. Yeah, that's great. I love that idea. Hey, we might as well go another thirteen minutes. I'll rip a heater. It's fine. <laughs> All right, you want to go another thirteen? What we got to talk about? Well, we haven't done a two-hour episode in a while. So. It's been a minute. Let me ask you guys this: ask free agency, questions. free yeah. agency. Is there anything else pre-draft that you want done? Cam Fleming, the right tackle. Pre-draft, you want him pre-draft? Yeah. Okay. I want. I want. I, I mean, my dream pick is Yannick and Dockway, but I know that's not going to well, happen. Especially now that they run in Basham, Greg. That's what I was thinking earlier. I was like, damn it. But I. But you know, Dale, got to stay seek natty, bro. I like that. I like it too. You know, mm -hmm. you talked me into it, Greg. Uh, I would like him to bring in hey. Zeke would be a good one for the running hey. back because just open up that fucking draft board. I mean, just for for my just wife's morningness, man, she was she was all about Zeke Nanny as well. Mm -hmm. or, Orange Arrow, man. So, Derek, my new saying to people ask me, Greg, are you being serious? And I said, I'm home alone too serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My new oh, saying. Val Kilmer is not the best Batman. Yes, no. he is. Shut up. Come on. No, man. he's not. Christian Bell, Michael Keaton. There's like 12 Batmans. Like Our co-host is coming in here saying, you guys are still going. <laughs> uh, literally, like fucking Val Kilmer is like the worst Batman. Shut up. Uh, yeah, how do you, you pick got, him to be the best one? No, you no, got no, Ben no. Affleck. You got Ben no, Affleck. You Clooney was pretty bad too, to be fair. No, oh, man. But no, no. Ben Affleck, just stop talk. Don't say that name, please. Just don't say that name. He was good. No, he wasn't. He hey, doesn't know. Hey, 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 so Derek. De I didn't hey, Derek rated him number two. No, Derek. Derek, you I know why agree, I'm not gonna but... see Ben Affleck as Batman? Because hey Manny, I fuck with you, Manny. That's I my Batman too. That is my Batman the, too. The Christian that Bell was crazy. is my Batman. Yeah. Hey Derek. I'm never going to see Ben Affleck as Batman because I don't need to drink piss to know what it tastes like. Wrong. You got to drink piss to know what it tastes like. Yeah, you'll okay. never know. It, Otherwise, it tastes, you'll just... What, what is it, the the uh, dodgeball reference about? If you can dodge a bullet, you can dodge, dodge no, a bullet. Do I have to drink my own piss? No, but it tastes great, and I can't remember exactly what, it's, what he Fuck, said. I don't know. Yeah. But, Greg, you fucked that up, too. You said dodge a bullet. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> you can dodge That's right. A bullet. 
God damn, Greg, you're off your game now. Hey, Greg, oh yeah, that Keith has a good, good, good thing right there, Keith. Um, because we technically don't have a backup quarterback right now. Yeah, and they uh, did. You guys see they wanted Cooper Rush. Did you guys see that they made that, offer to that him was that caught me off guard. Yeah, I, I didn't. See, I didn't starter. see Cooper. Everybody loves Cooper Rush, man. Hey, well, especially Cincinnati likes him because he beat us, so they think he's great. <laughs> he did a good job while uh, Dak was out. Hey, mm-hmm. I swear, Manny ain't my burner, but Manny's my dude. I fuck with him. Hey, who's Zach Taylor's burner, by the way? Well, we said maybe it was Crypt Keeper. Or Stranger. <laughs> oh, I got a bone to pick with you, too, by the way, Dale. Oh! Uh-oh. Here the fuck we go. Uh-oh! On, I, was, I, was just, I just happened to be listening to the Tigress and Bruce talk, and you were talking about how uh, some something about the QBs going one, two, three, and you're like, yeah, I don't remember who said, but somebody said... That was literally your co-host that said, when was the last time the, the quarterbacks went one, two, three? And you're like, I don't remember who said that. Hey, I'm, listen, man, I'm Maybe just going to defend Dale like because that, that was like his third show of the day. And so he was about a fucking case and a half in. <laughs> he goes through 20, 2,600 Yeah, shows he was a about week. a case and a half in. <laughs> Somebody's got to carry this fucking show. Right. Damn yeah. straight you, Derek. No, it, it's definitely not me. I mean, your wife's been yelling at you since you fucking came on here. I know. But I love her. Absolutely. Hey, Keith, don't forget to uh, DM me your, your address and stuff. I'll get that koozie shipped out to you. Keith, you might get more than you bargained for. He That's might right. send you a butthole picture. I mean, hey. Oh, know. I bet, Greg, I bet that's a mouthful of no fucking Midwest free. barbecue. Much cheese, but I can't. Oh, jeez. What was that, Greg? <laughs> It's geez. oh, and another Earth. thing, another another thing, Dale. This is why I know we're kindred spirits. When you guys were talking about uh, breakout players, the whole entire time I was sitting there thinking. When you guys were talking about the third breakout player, I was thinking, yeah, we, I was we thinking, you know what, somebody, somebody that I think would could possibly be a breakout player is a uh, a guy for for a gunner position, and. Lo and behold, guess what Dale said? Tyson Anderson. Tyson baby. Anderson. I like Tyson Anderson. I I just love his like Dale said, I love his speed too. Well, some were like he was a fifth round pick, Greg. And I'm like, well, the guy ran fast. I still there was George Iloka. I mean, he had a couple good years with us. He was a fifth round pick and did mm-hmm. fine. I mean, you know. I know, but I always try to be realistic. Like when people were like, "Oh, we lost Bell." Well, Tyson Anderson can fill in. I'm like, "No, he didn't even play last year. He was hurt." Like, come on, mm-hmm. man, let's see him on special teams. You know, I, I'm not trying to hate on anybody. I just like, yeah. well, yeah, I wasn't coming at you. Yeah, you were, Greg. Yeah. No, <laughs> you were. You pointed right at him. Mm-hmm. Right. You went like this, right to him. I gave Middle him finger even. Yeah. You tried to finger me, Greg, and I didn't like you it. You did. Don't be fucking we all shy. Saw it. Hey, who here hasn't fingered fucking Dale? Yeah. All right. That that sounds like something <laughs> for uh, belly up to the bar. But yeah. All right, Derek. Do you think we should bring back Drew Sample? Because Crypt Keeper thinks we should. I don't. I don't. Personally. No. I liked him the first two years. The one year, I forget who, was it the year that uh, after Tyler Eifert left, um, 
CJ got hurt for a couple of games, and I think Drew Sample, he was averaging like 10 yards a catch, and I'm like, well, maybe he can, and then the following year, I don't think he done anything. So I He was, was like, your – last year, literally, Derek, you said that. I was right. going on for the bit. It was a bit. You were not. No, to be fair, you were not. When this started, we talked about breakout candidates one day, and you said Drew Sample. Because of the – if you look at his stats, he had 10 yards a catch. I looked at his stats his senior year, his best no. season, 25 in catches, in the NFL. In the NFL, he's averages 10 yards a catch. Brought in a blocker, he can't even block. I'm, that's just triggered, I'm sorry. A sample is triggering for you, I understand that. We're moving on. I hope. We're going to upgrade. <laughs> Nick's uh, got better than Bell. Ooh. What do you guys think? I don't know. We knew what we had in Bell. No, remember, Bell Bell was not that great when he came here. I mean, he was okay with the Saints, and I think Nick Scott could be the same Bell. But he was a second-round pick slash could have been a first-round pick. So the talent was kind of there. Same thing with kind of Eli, you know, that Eli was a first-round pick. So, like, talent-wise, you knew it was there. It was just getting that out of them. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's Nick Scott was like an undrafted guy. And I'm not saying that he can't be as good as Bell because, I mean, the dude's been playing well. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about him when we got him. And Bell, I, kn- I know what we had in Bell. Right. Yeah. I don't okay. know what we have in Scott. I'm willing to does see. Does he have the potential? Yes. I think he does. But yes. I'm hoping. Yeah. Hoping. And then, yeah, Stranger. Um, as far as Wilcox, I am I personally like Wilcox better than Sample. I didn't, I didn't, nah. but I do now. Yeah, say it again. Say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> I like anybody better than Drew Sample. Yeah. Fuck a, a pure peanut butter sandwich is better than Drew Sample. Come on. Hey, Greg. speaking Fuck of peanut butter sandwiches, Greg, let's good. talk. What is Drew Sample compared to food-wise? Drew Sample compared to food-wise? Okay, I, I have no problem saying this at all. He is like a chicken salad sandwich, and I hate chicken salad to death. Oh, no. Fucking chicken salad is badass. I hate chicken salad. You know what I do to chicken salad oh, sandwich? No. I take it and throw it out the window. That's what, what I do with that. Yeah, but what if I like chicken oh, salad? Gosh. Well, then this you're Drew making it worse for me, Greg. They got a whole fucking restaurant that sells nothing but chicken I salad. I hate chicken salad. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Bill, you all right? Oh, no. Greg, I don't fucking love you, man. Maybe. Why can't he be like fucking beef liver? Who the fuck likes beef liver? I would. I need over a chicken salad sandwich. Fuck that. Yeah, beef salad. liver. Okay, I'm country boy. You, you're <laughs> I was gonna say, there's a chicken like, salad is not country. Like, chicken salad is like the most thing, and I'm still gonna like it. Wait, wait, Derek, chicken salad is not country. Are you serious? No, I started liking chicken salad when I moved out out east. Okay, <laughs> I was I like chicken, chicken salad's fucking good. Well, then I don't. Then you're not. I, whatever. If you like to eat crap, when he moved but, out, out east. east of Cincinnati, Eastgate. East. Ten minutes away from where he used to live. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. 
Oh man, he's a chicken salad sandwich. That's great. You gotta go. To chicken salad chicken is good. You get the grapes in there I and the nuts. Chicken salad. Oh, oh man, God. you don't. What the fuck is wrong with man? It's chicken and mayonnaise. Oh my God, it's disgusting. You don't like celery? I'll eat it straight up, but I hate it in other stuff. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It is Ben Affleck bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dead right now. Uh, can't right. we all agree on a food we don't uh, like? Chicken salad's good. Derek must like fucking beef liver. I do. Dale, do you <laughs> like chicken salad? I like chicken livers too, but bro, yeah, I like like I uh, chicken tenders and, and French fries. Yeah, and ketchup. Derek knows like we go, go out to eat somewhere fancy. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm not fancy. No, I like chicken tenders, but I, I like a burger over chicken tenders. But yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't really fuck with a lot of well, stuff. Well, something happened in the group chat. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. All right. All right. We're at the two we're, hour Yeah, mark. we're, we're, we're close hey, we enough We got 30 now. seconds, though. We didn't make it yet. Derek, are you going to rail your wife tonight? Yes or no? Probably. Ooh, shit. Ask me. Poor job. You're going to rail Derek's wife tonight. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. DM DM me your address, Derek. I'll bring a case of Keystone. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta get a little more expensive than that. Greg, you gotta rail Derek. I'll go Natty Light. Hey, Chris Weaver, the accountant, was a really good movie. Yes, it was. It had that one guy in it. Man, he's fucking great. What's his name? Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah, that guy. (laughs) He's fucking good. Hey, listen. Also, Greg saying Ben Affleck was not a good Batman, and he has not fucking seen Ben Affleck as. Batman. I don't need to. <laughs> Derek, you know what? We listen like, you're, you're we listen like twenty movies that Ben Affleck's been in, and he's like, I haven't watched it. Yeah, Maybe that's he just refuses to watch anything he's in. Yeah, when we get what's up the, there, what's the he's movie where drink he a cup of the... piss and watch Ben Affleck? No, look, I like Good Will Hunting because of Matt Damon, Rob Williams, but I right. just fall Greg, sell me this pin. Isn't that Wolf of Wall Street? Nope. It's a Ben Affleck movie. Who can get it? Who can guess this? The Town? I don't know. Argo? Pornhub. Can anybody in the chat guess the movie? Pornhub. Anyway. Is that Good Will Hunting? It's not. I'll have to look it up because I'm. I'm he doesn't know the fucking. I'm drawing a blank on the, on the name. I've I've seen it's the movie. So obviously, here's a trivia question. Somebody somebody will post it up, but before I can look it up, but I feel like you just did the Matt Damon from Good Will Hunting, and it wasn't no. even Ben Affleck. Oh, son of a bitch! I did. <laughs> it's Matt Damon. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now because I, for some reason, I felt like it was it was uh, Ben Affleck in, in the accountant, but I could be wrong. No, the accountant was the, the hitman movie, right? Anyway, let's carry on. I'm just gonna look at you with shame at this point. <laughs> A lot of shame. Where he takes the pen and he says, "Okay, you need this pen." 20 bucks or whatever. Was that Wolf of Wall Street? Who was in that? I know, but I feel like I've, I've seen so many movies with Ben in it. Yeah, you're right. It is. 
It is Matt Damon. Anyway. Anyway, this has been Bengals of Brews. Yes, it I has. Drink, I've been drank too much bourbon. Yep, we're going to go with that. We're going to go with that. Yep, too much bourbon. <laughs> All right, so he, he exited himself. So, who day, everybody? Yeah, Appreciate it's fruit chicken salad. Man, and fuck you, man. Chicken salad is good shit. You know what? You go eat shit from a toilet, poor chop. <laughs> eat fucking chicken salad from a toilet. Who day, baby? Let's go! It's time! Cincinnati, we gon' rise and up! In the jungle, we unite and up! Trippin' on your black and white, Who day when we fight, live and die in these stripes, uh! Now who got a move I can own? Now who wanna move close and on? Now who